Hey, gang, it's Fillmore. For those of you who are jonesing for the Extra Sunday episodes, no longer available on YouTube, you can access them on patreon.com slash jimfix, J-I-M-F-I-X-X. If you sign up for the Whiskey Sobbing Computer Board level at $2.50 a month, you'll have access not only to those Extra Sunday episodes that are no longer available on YouTube, but you will get 50% of the Patreon content going forward if you would like full access to all sunday episodes all patreon content including the last 32 episodes or 33 episodes produced thus far just sign up for the black kluge five dollar level or higher if you want to give us more money uh, you are more than welcome to for those of you who don't do paypal or patreon rather we have a paypal address as well johnny the greek 21 at gmail.com for those of you who cannot get Patreon to work and would like to use PayPal as a method of monthly payment, we will only accept donations from the Black Kluge level or higher. And privately, personally, we will send you all the episodes on Patreon and the Missing Sunday episodes, of course. No. No. I'm just like a happy-go-lucky guy. And all this is about having fun. That's right. I'm not looking for any special treatment. When I walk in, I don't want you averting your eyes. I don't want you bowing to me. Nothing like that, no. Nothing like that. Jesus, the longest book promotion. Yeah, but I'm not you. No, you're not. Clear the halls. That's what I want. And and what's so great about it is is that if I met you in person, you wouldn't have the balls to come up and say that to me. Because I'd sock you in the fucking head. And probably deck you. What? I have to get rid of the wrap-up show because, <laughs> and I'll tell you why. The purpose of the wrap-up show is not to sit there and criticize me. Whatever I'm doing is so that everyone here can make a living. I got a guy now who's finding out the real names of the occupations of what the people do who bully me. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of a fighter, so. Because I'm, I, I'm, I, like, I drive into Manhattan every day and I listen to it, okay? And if you cut out the bitching, it probably would be about an hour of broadcast. You're right. Do you want to know something? Okay. I said earlier I thought it was kind of weird that Jerry still dyes his hair. Like, you know, when your head becomes that big and, you know, whatever. You got a little tough to hair. You think the vanity would go out the window, but no. It's my mind, not my penis. <laughs> I have to train. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on training my penis. That's where I've been going wrong. That's why I lost half my money. <laughs> I can't believe my penis. Train the mind. Which it was. You come over, Tzvi, Tzvi. They named me Tzvi. First of all, fuck you. My name is Howard. Why can't you just be Howard? Why do you have to have a separate name? I had to give you a Hebrew name. I see how it operates. Now instead, I'm not just the fan or the comic who sits in every once in a while. I see how the place really operates. I see, yeah, it really is all Howard's tour. You know what? That's my problem. That's why I'm at the psychiatrist. I always do that in social situations. I go, let me see how I can make this about me. I'll tell a witty story. Meanwhile, I'm witty, too. I know it's less than last year. That's why that is not true. Yeah, well, yeah, I make less money than last year because I work three days a week, but I, I got a raise. And how do you figure I figure I looked at my paycheck, you fucker. I mean, bro, you work four hours a day. Now down to three days a week, sometimes four days a week. We're working four days this week. All right. You read the paper and you get half the stories wrong. So Now, how long are you going to keep the hair thing? I'm going to keep the hair as long as it keeps uh, on there's top a, of my head. What do you mean? There's a point in time that it's... Uh, Is my uh, hair too long, you think? When you get a certain age, I think that the You hair... think it looks silly? Yeah. You do? Really? I do. I don't want to be pranked ever. I prank! 
No one else. Okay. Okay. I'm the prankster here, boy. This is my world. I'm just letting you get a taste of it. And when I pull you out of this world, it's torture. to QF, a podcast about Howard Stern. I'm your host with the most, Fillmore, a.k.a. Jim Fix. And with me for this particular episode is Kayla. How are you, my dear? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm just basking in the glow of you and Raven's, what did you call it? Clam bake night? Or <laughs> Yes, the clam bake. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I only heard that as a song, I believe, back in the day. I can't remember who sang it, but... Um, uh, you guys did a fantastic job, and I wholly recommend anybody starting off, if you want to go in reverse order and listen to that one first, you're not going to miss out any more than you're going to you know, suffer if you start at number one of the Patreon episodes. Um, but this one for today, guys, we are going to go into uh, one a, a, someone we've never focused on in the history of QF, and that's who? Drumbeat? Jason. Yes, Jason Kaplan, <laughs> everyone's favorite suck ass and kick, kiss ass. We only, me and James, got to uh, a little bit of him in our KC. Uh, it's the most recent one. It's not out yet. We finished editing it, and it'll be out uh, the following week, where KC snaps and you see Jason in studio. And he's only been with the show probably since 2000 or so. Mm. And um, I mean, what's your take on Jason before we get into any of these clips? I've never liked him. Except when he's gone after people, like the when the back office radio show was on, when he would talk to shit, talk shit about Gary and say, "Well, you, you know, you're here, you're have, you're gone half the time, so I don't have much respect for you." Same, same. I've never liked him. I don't uh-huh. like him. Um, okay. But I, I, just as you said, I have respect for him because he will speak up. Sometimes, mm-hmm. I mean, he doesn't do it as much anymore. Nobody does. But no. back in the day, he absolutely would call somebody out for their shit. He'd get in arguments. He'd yell. And I feel like it was it was pretty genuine, his rage and crazy. Um, but aside from that, I do not like him. I think he's shady, sneaky, just... <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, let's on, uh, on the stuttering John level, and stuttering John was maybe the biggest asshole where that was concerned. I think he set the bar uh, for you know the Oscar for best backstabbing piece of shit goes to uh, stuttering John was he kind of set the benchmark. Do you think Jason was as bad? No, mm-mm. no. You think um, no. there's things he would keep to himself? I think so. I think okay. Jason is probably a little bit smarter. In that, mm-hmm. like if there was something really he shouldn't touch, he I right. think he would know not to say anything where stuttering John would be like, I don't give a fuck. And he just he throws it out. Mm-hmm. There's one I'll give it. I'll, that's a perfect. Uh, I think that's I agree. I'm, I'm with that 100 percent at the end of um, who who mourns for a dumbass, our coverage of the Pelican brief the third part near the end. We started playing some back office radio. And at one point, we'll kind of mentions to someone who's wearing a fedora he says some offhandedly says who are you supposed to be don buckwald and jason quickly goes hey will like you could hear probably he goes oh. hey don't like mm. you know you could you can't see it because we didn't have the video but you can hear him go mm. you don't mention it you know you're not supposed to and <gasps> wow so jason would know not to do something that stupid but will just blurted it out and uh but and i mean the fact that he had to mention that like that would would be maybe a problem already gives you a kind of tells you all you need to know about how stern's compound really works from the top down yeah absolutely and apparently will forgot where he was or wasn't thinking and just it blurted yeah 
funny that Jason actually caught it and mm-hmm. was like, ooh, you shouldn't have said that. That's so, correct. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. So the the one of the first clips we're going to play, guys, and we have uh, two, one big one and two smaller ones, was Jason's confidence pills, the Lexapro, uh, causing trouble in the office. And this was a wrap-up segment from uh, June 4th, 2007. And I looked up the side effects. There's nothing about these pills that indicates they're about confidence building. They're antidepressants. Right. They're antidepressants. And if anything, um, they make you sleepy. Uh-huh. So they're different um, than like Wellbutrin because Wellbutrin, it kind of gives you a little bump and it, it. I could see where that one would give you a little bit of confidence just because you've got energy that maybe mm-hmm. you didn't have before. But Lexapro, mm-hmm. I'll be honest, I've taken them <laughs> and that's how I know. I've, you know, had some issues with depression, but, um, and I have taken them, but I wasn't on them long because the minute I took them, I just wanted to sleep. That's yeah. all I wanted to do. So, so they didn't make you productive. Mm-mm, not at all. Not at all. So I, yeah, so it'll be interesting um, what he says about it because that wasn't, that wasn't my experience at all. Did you by any chance get the munchies? Because I know sometimes these things make people want to eat abnormally, like you mm-hmm. know, weird times, almost like getting, you know, a, a pot high, you know, and then all of a sudden, Jesus, keep the brownies away. <laughs> You know, that's funny. Um, I don't remember that part, but I could see it happening because anytime I'm super sleepy or I'm taking some kind of medicine that makes me sleepy, I also want to eat more. So I don't know what the the correlation is with that um, mm-hmm. physically or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I could see that it would want to make you eat more. And I'm not saying that, guys, just because Jason is the size of a small Mack truck. Um, <laughs> I'm saying, you know, it, it would make sense because I know that. When my wife would take, um, what's it called, Benadryl, uh, mm-hmm. or like even some certain like um, certain pills in the night to help her sleep, they increased her appetite for some fucking reason. So even at three a.m., she'd look like a chipmunk just attacked, like just opening the refrigerator a crack. I'd wake up and hear just hear, and she'd like, you know, you just see her like shoving stuff in her mouth really quick. Like I go, are you even enjoying this, or is this some kind of, you know, she was half asleep eating, yeah, hungry. And I go, okay, maybe I might want to, I don't know, valerian root or something. I don't know, shit. But either way, this I found this fascinating, and I thought I'd bring this up as a clip to give a little more insight into problems that uh, Jason had as a result of these stupid pills. Jace, you took a little abuse today for your confidence pills. What, what was going on there? Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't remember how it got brought up, but it, yeah, they were talking about the first time I went on Alexa Pro and I, I got a little out of hand, I guess, with my personality. <laughs> do, you remember what you, do you remember what you said to Tom? To this day, I have absolutely no idea what I said to Tom. I have ideas of what it could have been, but nothing... That was so bad that warranted Tom to run the gas. Here's what I remember. It wasn't about you saying something. You started coming to sales meetings with me because Jason was helping me out with a lot of stuff. And we, I remember we'd go to meetings in Tom's office. And I, whatever Jason did, it flew right over my head. And I think it was one of those weird things that you suffer from when Jason first started coming to the meetings. It's, it's almost like, you know, Jason used to be an intern. Now he's in meetings. He should just be quiet and not say anything. Okay. Now, one thing I forgot about was Jason is also a massive pothead. So uh, that's probably why he's eating, why he's the size mm-hmm. he is, aside from just eating out of depression, which, you know, is 
mm-hmm. fairly common. Um, but the Lexapro thing, I don't know enough people who have taken it. So anybody out there, any of the fans who have uh, uh, know, know people or have some experience with this thing, tell us if you have know anybody or have had any personal experience where that's happened to you, where you become more outspoken or the sensor is lifted and you're inappropriate at the wrong moments. Um, because this, that's what it sounds like. It was almost like he took, I don't know, like Coke or something. <laughs> that was going to be my question. Was he kind of sped up and things were just coming out or was he just so loopy? He had no control over what he was saying. Well, the, if he can't remember something and he said something that would cause like, don't we all remember the time we said something and got in trouble for it, whether it was our yes. parents or whether it was a boss or a coworker that reported us or something. I mean, the consequences end up being that little marker in life to remind you, you fucked up. Absolutely. There's and, shit to this day. I'm like 10 years ago. I'm like, I can't believe I said that. <laughs> but, but of, of your own volition or due to having ingested something well, that's another story. I think we all have those. <laughs> those I don't mean like drunk, drunk, for, like drunken, true, like in vino veritas exactly type of thing. Ta- yeah. Exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like you drink too much and you're like, oh, shit. Why? Oh, no, that's no good. That's no oh, good. Oh, yeah. And uh, I've, I'm certainly guilty of that as well. And uh, but but the the sad part was like <laughs> someone, someone, someone saying, like, yeah, man, you got drunk. And what I say? Uh, well, he, he kind of he kind of called his girlfriend a bit of a cunt. And I go, but she is <laughs> <laughs> in the case of uh, the guy was there and did not get upset because she was being the biggest cunt of, uh, you know, the night talking shit about people. And she was fucked up, like really fucked up, belligerent, this this chick, this chick. And I love her to this day. She's a wonderful, wonderful person. She just just shouldn't be drinking. That's all. And everybody was fed up with her. And people were looking around like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> Sorry, derailment. That, but that that I mean, guys, it's part of life. Unfortunately, you learn not to drink d- booze X. Don't drink that. Keep me away from the whiskey. Um, the so Gary's going to start talking a little bit about. Uh, the uh, meetings with Tom Chiasano. Tom Chiasano was the one who pulled Gary aside and said, and did the mensch move. He didn't give Jason shit. He just kind of went behind the scenes and said, look, kind of rein him in and find out what's going on. I don't really like this. And it wasn't that you said something, you know, like had an idea that wasn't right. You made sort of a goofy comment, like you might have goofed on well, Tom. This is one of the things. No, it wasn't even on Tom. That's why it was one of those things. We had a bit. That was retard something. And Sam, uh, one of the sales guys, was in there screaming about how we can't sell a bit that has retard in it or something. So I said, so I said something stupid like, well, let's just call it Retard Olympics and just sell it as the Olympics. And Sam snapped at me and said, don't tell me how to do my job. And I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> so that's the only thing I trace it back. But was it that? I'm sure I said a condescending. Right, right. <laughs> I, but I know that Tom pulled me to the side. He said, listen, by the way, I was in his office. And Tom and I would go over a list of things for the day. Yeah, we got to get this bit done, get that bit done. He goes, by the way, you know, and Thomas is not not like a jerk, you know, not for anything, but uh, Jason, you know, you better talk to him. Uh, I didn't like his, uh, he gave me a weird attitude in the meeting, and I don't really need, it was a very weird thing, Jason. I'm yeah, I, I know, I feel bad. I had, I had a, so, I mean, it just sounds like he, he was uppity more than anything. So not even the content of what he said, it was how he said things. Right, and so, see, I, I wonder, is that Lexapro related, or is that Jason just being full of himself? Because he was an intern and now he's part of the staff and then he has he has that condescending attitude about him anyway. And so I wonder in in that particular instance, was that really just him 
I'd say uh, uh, a good chunk of it because he was elevated by Gary and he was favored by Gary. I mean, we did the whole ski lodge thing, the whole Tracy situation, and Jason was in on that. And he's one of Jason. He wanted uh, Bowie's favorites. But at the same time, wouldn't hesitate to throw Bowie under the bus if he if the present if the situation presented itself. And I believe at some point he became Jason privately became really pissed off that having to do Gary's job for him sometimes mm-hmm. when it was and not getting paid anything close to what Gary was getting. Like on the weekends, let's say, and he's doing administrative stuff that he's not paid to do, and because Gary's not there, because he's not supposed to be there, and you see this guy making, I don't know seven eight nine times what you're making you might be a little pissed off yeah absolutely mm, that's a good and may- point and maybe doing things more efficiently now there was one day when gary called in sick and there's a whole wrap-up show dedicated to and we got to get maybe get to it how smoothly the place ran without gary <laughs> and Isal was saying you know what uh you know, like it now I didn't have to go through the roadblock. I mean, Gary, that was, you know, to get my stuff to Howard or to have a more direct line. And the, the, it's drawing a picture of Gary as this, I don't know, like wall. you got to get past Gary to get anything to Howard. And, it's, it, and then Bowie tried to, before Marcy, he tried to make it so that that wall just got bigger and bigger. Like, if you want to get to him, you're going to have to get through me and that ain't going to happen. Mm, yeah, and, pow- and yeah. power tripping as a result because if you can't get the money, you may as well get the fear. You may as well get the whole "I'm the producer" shit. So he's the gatekeeper, and so Gary yeah. was feeling super, you know, elevated himself and pompous, and like, yeah, I'm the gatekeeper. You go mm-hmm. through me, and j- yeah, I could see that, and a lot of resentment being built up. And uh, <laughs> it's funny without him there to slow down the process of the actual yeah. work being done. That's funny. Sure. That's actually good. Um, yeah, you should absolutely do a show on that. Um, cause that's a good point. Yeah. It's like Gary's I mean, making more work for everybody. Well, well yeah, the, the way it was explained real quickly was Sal said, uh, Howard, like they'd go into the studio where Howard is and say, Howard, we're thinking about, it. and then Gary would say, hold on, hold on. I got it. I got it. And then he would explain the story to them, to, to Howard instead of them. Mm. And if you're isn't that making things more complicated than if you just get the people that are doing these bits and know exactly what they are? Tell them. Absolutely. Gary doesn't know the whole whole story. So he's just reiterating what they told him. What yeah. What is even the point of that? Is it just control? It's control or, and power. It has yeah. to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no other way I can explain it. Yeah. I had to pull Jason to the side and say, listen, just lay low for a while. And then for <laughs> That's months, what I told you about the pills. I he told me about yeah. the pills. And then for months after that, Jason would constantly stop me and go, am I okay? Am I being weird? Am I, am I stepping over the line? I'm like, no, you're fine. You're fine. It was a very weird feeling. It, I mean, I don't know how any other way to describe it other than there was like a veil, in, a heavy veil in front of your face and just gets lifted off. And now all of a sudden I got all this confidence and outgoingness i never had before i didn't understand how to control it and Look, whole, guys it's me yeah <laughs> well that's what he said when, when i told him what tom said he goes listen i feel really weird i started taking these pills and they've given me more confidence he goes really it's the real me coming out now and i think gary nailed it uh, nailed it it's not they don't give him confidence they they're, they're making him that the depression is sort of keeping him back and making him like a type b personality and then now with the pills out, it's like, oh, now I don't have this big cloud or this this is a big, you know, I'm not Atlas holding the world over my head. Now I can be the forthright asshole I really am. <laughs> exactly. Because it clicked for me just like it did you when he was talking. I was like, 
oh, it didn't give him anything. It took away the haze, took away the heaviness. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, yeah. Hello, here I am. That's what Ari said. And I was it's, like, it's, yeah, that's it's, exactly it's the, what it is. It's the real asshole. <laughs> yes, there's no filter. <laughs> yes. And uh, I mean, do you remember that one uh, episode where his mother called in and they were, mm. she was, uh, they, that, I mean, she sounded like a nightmare. Absolutely. Yes, like, like yeah. a little typical Jewish mother, uh, like a caricature of a, a Jewish mother, overbearing, over controlling, uh, you know, dressing him, making sure he wears the, you know, Sears outfit she picked for him. Or like, I don't know, just. And then, then he had him on, and she had, she, uh, they had her on, and then Jason was in studio saying, oh, I don't like this, and I don't like how you treat dad, and all this, and like everybody in the family's a doormat for the mother. And it sounded so much like Ray and Ben. Ooh. Like Ray, mother and son versus the world, but even the yeah. son doesn't get away scot-free. Wow, that is a good, good, um, it, you picked up on that. I, it never occurred to me. I never it, looked at it that way, but you're right. It yeah. was one. Of, it was one of those situations where I said this might be one of the reasons why Howard went to Jason's wedding and not Sal's wedding, <gasps> or so not Sal's uh, Richard's wedding or Will's wedding because he wanted to see the dysfunction for himself. Oh my God, that's so. Oh, it's so obvious now. I think. So I think. I, I think he saw a lot of parallels in that. Like, and he wouldn't. And and the one thing I really hate. I have to be honest, guys. There's some people out there that go, "Oh, you know, he's always favoring the tribe and all this bullshit." Like, oh, if you're Jewish, you're. What What are you talking about? He gives mm-hmm. Ronnie more shit than anybody, and Ronnie Ronnie's name is not <laughs> Ronnie Yamamoto. I mean, let's <laughs> let's let's be honest. There's everybody has taken shit from him, so that that means nothing. I think it was more. He was uh, just uh, tuned into something that was familiar. That's what drew him to to that oh, wedding. Man, you're so right. You are. I don't so know. Right. It's it's just a shot in the dark. No, I, I agree. I think you're right. So uh, the next one is from t- 2010, August 31. It's r- another wrap up show, of course, where we get all the good gold. And uh, J- this is one's called Jason Killed Richard Jenny. Now, for those of you who are too young to remember, Jenny was a road dog. He was notorious on like late night shows. He did a lot of spots. He was a kind of um, a million a year type comic, like literally touring constantly, doing shows, getting bits on, you know, some TV work and what have you, but doing a lot of specials and making a decent living for a a comic, you know, constantly on the road. But after a while, he couldn't get on the show anymore. So they're going to talk about how he wouldn't take the nose from Gary anymore. So Jason had to get on the phone and tell him it's a no, you're not, you can, we're not coming in. And this is pre Marcy. So for whatever reason, it's like Bob Levy. We don't want to have you in anymore. We're fed up or we think you've, you've been on too often or whatever it is. So here's the clip. And you guys judge for yourself. You think Jason's a good person or not. Depends on the level of the celebrity. Gary used to call me the uh, angel of death. It's, I, I give, but Jason gets to do like people you've never heard of. I, 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 like, I'll yeah, take Richard him. Jenny. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> may he, that may was he, di- no, no, that was different. May he rest in peace. By the way, Richard Jenny was not the lowest celebrity. It would just, and it got to the point where I couldn't figure out any different ways to say no. I love this story. (laughs) Jason has turned bright red. Your face matches your t-shirt right now. That's the greatest story. I killed Richard Jenny. That's how I see it anyway. Jason said no to Richard Jenny. Okay, I have to stop it there, guys. Now, whether you're a fan of Richard Jenny or not, you just kind of have to be going, okay, is it nervous laughter or is it psychotic laughter? I think it's psychotic. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's nervous laughter. I think he thinks it's hilarious. Yeah. 
Oh my god! Ew, that is gross. I think did I, I did I send you this clip or the previous one that for you to listen to? No, I got this one. Okay, yeah, and so I you heard did, it. You heard it. Hearing <laughs> did it. Did you again. have to take Lexapro after hearing it? <laughs> yes, I'm back on it. <laughs> guy, Lexapro, if you want to sponsor us, we see this is how good we work. We we know how to work you in, um, just like bulletproof coffee. Um, it, it's. Uh, I've never there like I've I've been to countries where they the the smile is to disarm any kind of bad feeling that might happen between you that you and that person. So you've done something wrong or they've done something wrong and to get away from the bad feeling you, they'll smile or you know they'll laugh it off kind of thing because it's a it's just a way to diffuse the situation. With this I don't get it. Like what's know. funny about it? A guy who committed suicide literally shot himself. He this is a gleeful laugh. This mm -hmm. this isn't that Robin laugh where she's laughing because she is so uncomfortable and she's mm -hmm. deflecting and that's mm -hmm. her her um coping mechanism. No, yeah. this is glee. This is like a little evil elf or something who's like just so pleased with the joke that he he played or whatever. This is ooh, it's yeah. like dark. Yeah, so you guys listen for yourselves and you tell us. Like two nights before, he took his own life, which is really sad. Which and is really tragic. And Jason is <laughs> dancing on his grave no, and he's cracking up. No, no, I feel bad, obviously. But the whole, like, when you tell the story, because he pretended not to be him on the phone. He, and then, I, <laughs> yeah, there's a whole thing going on. Jason's in hysterics over someone who killed himself two days later. You're a sick mother, Jason. No, listen, it's sad that he killed himself. He seemed like a oh, nice guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But a guy, he's like, I can't deal with him anymore. You gotta call him fast. I said, I said, Jason, you gotta call because I, I can't. I've run out of ways to say no without embarrassing both of us. So the okay. Now, doesn't this also make Bowie the asshole as well? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I'm gonna. You're a producer. Sometimes that means having to shoulder. Sometimes the job that's the less glamorous shit is. You're not coming on. You can't come on. I've been told. It's it's no different than managers and agents. There was one quote in Bill Graham's book, um, Bill Graham Presents, where uh, they were working on Amnesty International, the tour, uh, trying to get uh, artists together. So uh, they're they're in Japan, and all of a sudden there was some kind of MTV. Uh, simulcast and some of the artists were like well no i got a record coming out here and i don't want to be my have my performance broadcast live because it'll dilute the effect of the record or i'm touring here and that's going to hurt the tour all that kind of shit and then bill graham was saying look there's some people out there like the the, the agent is there for the artist who says listen jack um can you go and tell the reporters there that I'm not doing this tour because I, I want to be about peace and love and happiness and recycling and, you know, no green footprints. So how can I be the asshole if I go tell them that, that I can't do this? So you need mm -hmm. to take, and that's buoy in this situation. You got to mm -hmm. tell a guest, we can't we just, whatever reason, and just keep saying no, if you have to. But what is, what they're implying is he called them to try to come in again and again, and they would, they stopped having him in for whatever reason. Right. And they and yeah, it does sound like that, that he was calling. So I don't know what was going on with him that maybe he was having he was melting down, obviously. Um, yeah, because I mean, maybe gigs are drying up a little bit. Right. Or maybe, you know, because he, he was getting in his I think he was close to 50. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if this it was a, there was I don't remember any recession or anything at that time. It was more probably along the lines of losing gigs. And uh, right. seeing, seeing less money coming in, perhaps. But he was mm -hmm. also depressed, Richard Jenny. There's definitely some – he had psychological problems. But to hear Jason talk about it like this. Oh. 
Yeah, it's sad is what it is. Like it, it, and he's, he's joyful in the fact that he helped this man over, push him over the edge is how mm-hmm. he comes off. Now, whether mm-hmm. he means it like that, I don't know, but he is getting some kind of sick pleasure from it. Yeah. So, enjoyment, right? He is getting enjoyment from it. And I don't know if it's because it's the story around the office. So he's, you know, getting being center of attention for this funny thing. Or if there is also a part of him that's getting some weird pleasure off contributing to that man's demise. I mean, it's oh, unbelievable. But I was going to ask you on, on a side note, but similar, uh, similar topic. When are you going to be down for when we do the data Plato stuff? Oh, yeah, because that's a hot button Yeah, for me because I am – oh, it kills me. It That story kills me. And they mm-hmm. are in the worst form that I can think of mm-hmm. as far as like them being so horrible. Yes. Humans, you know, as humans. Mm. And she was so sad. I think people very easily want to. It's interesting to me how who gets made fun of like Mm -hmm. Amy Winehouse and Mm -hmm. who doesn't get made fun of Robert Downey Jr. For an for an example, Um, I've always found that very in Hollywood. But there obviously this girl had so many deep, dark problems and they just exploited them Mm -hmm. and she couldn't take it anymore. That's fucking heartbreaking. Well, uh, I guess it comes into a little bit. The guys, I'm sorry for the digression, but again, it happens. It's our show. Um, when are like already did he enable him? Well, of course he enabled him. His family mm-hmm. enabled him. Then they're everybody's culpable unless you cut him off. And um, you know, Hank the Angry Dwarf, they enabled him. Um, whenever they'd have people on uh, that drink, like Jeff the Drunk, giving him booze, they're enabling him. They enable mm-hmm. everybody as much as they can. And like, where's the culpability? Like, do you blame? I don't blame Howard for for Dana Plato's death, but don't think for a minute he shouldn't feel some kind of you should at least feel a little sympathetic. And the the day after that covering their ass, that whole audio, that was the really gross part, even more so than her interview. Yes, yes, that you're exactly right. And that's the issue. And see, the thing is, too, with enabling, it's like Artie's family, for example, I get their side of it because they love him, and you know, blood, and they're his blood. Exactly. So it's a little bit different when you when you switch it over to Howard and the show and how they exploit. To me, it's not enabling so much as it is exploiting. Oh, yes. I'm being kind when I say enabling. Sure. Sure. Because they're doing it for the benefit of the show. They're giving. They're basically handing over. Here's some, you know, alcohol to this man who's got problems or or whatever. Yeah. Just so that he'll do a show, like put on a a show for entertainment. And Mm -hmm. that is the part that just is. Yeah. And making excuses. Or in, mm. in the case of Artie, like they didn't give him heroin, obviously, but they let him sleep on the air. They would decide to film him instead of having the, the, the human decency to say, this isn't acceptable and you got to fire him. Now, Carrie and I covered part of that on a, a wrap up. No, it was me and Deborah. My mistake. Deborah and I covered a wrap up show where the caller just completely owned Gary and it turned him inside out and said, he's not ready for the fucking job and you guys, nothing's happening and you guys are making light of it. And when he dies, this show is going to be responsible for it. 
more or less. And mm-hmm. what are you guys doing about it? And Gary, who wouldn't say, um, you know, he wouldn't say, look, my hands are tied. I've gone to Howard a thousand times. If he did say it, I've gone to him and he didn't want to put it off on Howard. He decided to play like, oh, oh, well, he comes to work. He takes Howard's line and bullshit and no one buys it. No one buys it. Exactly. And, you know, I get that this is a quote comedy show and I get that it's not going to be, you know, the after school special (laughs) type vibe (laughs) or whatever. And I get that they have to make fun of it to a certain point and and that's fine but there's also a line that already crossed over from okay this is kind of funny to oh my god he's got he's in serious trouble Mm -hmm. and that's where i have the issue even if they didn't discuss it on air there should have been something going on behind the scenes absolutely they should have just let him go like they should have said Mm -hmm. you you can't come back until you're 100 percent clean uh or at least to the point where we don't see any effects like if you're gonna die one day overdosing like belushi but you're do you know your lines and you're not late on the set and you're you look like you're supposed to look for filming then it's your business we Mm -hmm. but if we know for a fact like we can't drug test you but if you're responsible enough the problem is at that point he wasn't even being responsible and they kept him longer than they should have i would right. have i would have dumped him probably in 2008 i would have let him go because he was getting mm-hmm. really really like all those attacks against ed uh, against <sighs> teddy never mind if you know everybody wanted to punch teddy in the face you don't right. do it. you want to do it but when, you don't do it exactly because it switched from He's funny out of control, the funny drunk guy with the lampshade on his head, and then yeah. it turned. It was a 180 to anger, rage. It was dark. It was, yeah. And then against Sal, where that one just went to, I mean, that was, uh, again, like A.J. Benza went after John and got fired, um, mm-hmm. which for whatever reason, he didn't actually hit him. He hit Gary. <laughs> it looks like we got the worst <laughs> of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, this is uh, this is the show. And I again, my biggest problem is that no one's ever really held their feet to the fire in terms of culpability, except for Norm MacDonald, Chris Rock to some extent, but mostly Norm. And then Norm walked it back a little. I wish he hadn't with regard to Artie. I wish he would have really just kept on and said, yeah, you guys are to blame for some of this. Don't I think agree. your hands are clean. So anyway, here's more of the Richard Jenny fucking the, the macabre Richard Jenny Jason Joy segment. Message was from a Mrs. Somebody, Mrs. Smith, on behalf of Richard Jenny. So I call back and a, and a guy answers the phone and I goes, Mrs. Smith there. And he goes, no. And I go, what's well, Jason from the Howard Stern show? Um, can I leave a message? He goes, from the Stern show? And I go, yeah, he goes, it's Richard. This is Richard Jenny. So then I go, oh, well, you know, sorry to say we're passing on you for now. We're, we're overbooked, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, wow, Howard's just done with me, isn't he? He just, it's over, right? And I go, no, no, it's just, you know, we love you, but we're just, you know, we're full. And then a day later, he shot himself. (laughs) And the humor you find in this is Mrs. Smith was a character. As the years have gone on, I found the humor in this situation. See, that that to me. Okay, a little bit more, guys. Because more of the weird weird thing, like, uh, remember in the movie uh, uh, The Big Chill, and uh, they go. The guy dies at the beginning. You know, kills him at the beginning of the movie. And they're in the car, and they go, uh, "Oh, he called me. I never called him back." And the guy goes, "Oh, I'm sure that's why he killed himself." Yeah, right, right. Everybody who had any contact with right. the person for a week before is sure they're the catalyst for what happened. <laughs> ah, yeah. But I mean, listen, suicide is very serious, and people shouldn't, you know, seek help if you're depressed. If you missed it, if you missed it, here's how. Right for responsible. <laughs> here's how. What a fucking piece of shit. Guy's a fucking asshole, and I'm even more mad. 
but I'm siding with Jan Hine. I'm agreeing with Jan. That's what Jason has done to me. That, <laughs> I forgot who I'm doing this recording with. The Jan Hine <laughs> scout leader of hatred. Um, I mean, like he um, and I, I've never I think we've discussed this a little bit. But what is your what is your um, main beef with with him specifically? Because he's so inoffensive, in my opinion, like he's got a horrible attitude. He's boring. He looks like the whole the whole the information that you get out of him is about as he's as bland as the burgers he eats. He is, but he's so smug. Okay. He is this he is just so smug sitting there with his nothingness and his boringness and his <laughs> and plain his hamburgers. It's Byron's jersey. Oh, <laughs> and he's so he's so deep down he's angry is what I think it is and it really? comes out Yes, I think he's angry. What kind what do you mean what do you mean by angry though? I mean at what? At who? I don't know. That's the whole thing. It's like you have this nice looking wife. You have a decent job. You've made money in these weird ways and apparently mm -hmm. stole Jump the Shark and didn't, you know, pay his roommate or whatever. But he just sits there so smugly, like he's better than everyone else. Okay. Uh, list of punchable face, most punchable faces on the show. Uh, Ross, Ralph. We got to take Howard and Robin out of the mix. Yeah. Uh, Ro uh, Ro uh, Ralph, Bowie. Stuttering John, Ross, Jason. Jason. Who tops the list? Jason? Yes. Really? Even more than yes. Ross? Yeah. And I mean, you've I seen didn't... The, I, you've seen the Ross Coke scream face? No, I haven't seen that. Maybe that would change my mind. Okay, hold on. Let me see if I can turn it up here because I did... I was searching for him and I got a good clip. Ross, Zabin. Now, if I... <laughs> you go to image search and this comes oh, up. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is another one. Oh no! All right, I changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to bet he drove a Z twenty eight in the eighties? Oh my god! Yeah, oh, fuck yeah! All right, Trans Am maybe. <laughs> what a jerk off! Well, I, we're gonna go a little bit into this because this is the clip, guys. Um, I looked it up. It says here this was a clip from uh, sorry, uh, a report from two thousand three, February fourteenth, Friday. Uh, why did I read that in reverse? I don't know. Uh, Zapin becomes the expanding man at DreamWorks Records, and this piece is nothing but stern. References. So he was a Stern sycophant from day one, and they crowbar Stern references in here really quick, like for whatever reason. And this is um, from uh, the website's called HitsDailyDouble.com, and it's it's a, a radio um, it's a radio website that's still up. So it says Zapin, uh, just don't call him Elephant Boy. Ross, the boss. That's the quotation. What has been tapped to oversee the combined rock and modern rock promotion departments at DreamWorks Records while continuing to look after the label's video promotion activities. So he was always in PR promotion mm. for whatever. And like in 2003, the record companies were hemorrhaging money. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. Downloading was just picking up steam like no one's business. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm happy to say yes, I helped. LimeWire and Audio Gallery. Yep. <laughs> Fuck you. I was all over that. <laughs> I had that first one. I can't think of the name that uh, uh, Metallica hated. Oh, Napster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Napster. 
oh yeah, E Donkey. There were shitloads of them. And my God, mm-hmm. if you think we didn't use them, like not like. I remember the mini disc days where you could compress stuff five hours onto a mini disc, <laughs> and I was recording in real time through the computer speakers. <laughs> it was nuts. Um, anyway, it says here is as part of his duties, he is now required to pick up the check if he invites Howard Stern to dinner for his birthday, and like so, you listen to this shit. Um, uh, he's almost as articulate as Beetlejuice in pitching records to radio and TV. And there's there's shitloads of uh, uh, like crowbar references here. It says um, the New York based Zapin will maintain his role as DreamWorks chief liaison to the MTV networks and other major video units, insisting that VJ Martha Quinn always takes his calls. Zapin sounds like a star fucker. Zapin's oh. formerly spearheaded the company's modern rock promotion efforts in addition to his video promotion duties. So it says here uh, he starts name dropping people in, in the industry. Um, I'm looking forward to our major success with our artists in 2003. Now, can I get a Baba Booey? <laughs> <laughs> and then it says this is a little more background information Zapin began his career in the music industry as a promotion director for New York rock station WAPP now Hot 97 he then segged into concert promotion joining the staff of Ron Delsner Enterprises famous promoter in New York he joined uh, Geffen Records in 1990 as New York regional promotion manager in 1995 he was elevated to East Coast modern rock promoter a promotion director. Zapin became head of modern rock promotion in 98, at which point he relocated to Los Angeles and I'm sure got, got developed a raging coke habit somewhere in between. <laughs> Among the artists he's worked with while at Geffen were Nirvana, Beck, and Counting Crows. He came to DreamWorks in 1999 as head of modern rock and video promotion. Added Zapin, hey, at least I've lasted longer than Jackie the Joke Man. Now, if that doesn't sound like somebody who was desperate to get on the Stern show, I don't know who does. Yeah. Oh, gross. Gross, gross. Bowie's good friends with him. Why? Because Bowie can get free fucking tickets from him in exchange for the connection. He's connected Mm -hmm. to Stern. They totally parlayed that into what you do for me, I'll do for you. Absolutely. They're very, they're very similar in different ways, in my opinion. Yeah, they're different, so they're different. They're different fabric of scumbag. See, I got to hold on. I'm going to pull it up right now. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. So. Here's the deal. Ross is a guy. By the way, I didn't. Well, I never hired Ross here. Ross got his job on his own. He, right. I, he was working here before we got here. Yeah, exactly. But so he, he made the jump to Sirius when, you know, the DreamWorks went belly up and was eaten mm-hmm. up by I don't know who it was. And because DreamWorks didn't. They had a movie career, movie company for a while there. They made that mm-hmm. huge splash and then a couple of hits, but nothing really major. And then, of course, the industry just went tits up uh so he was looking for scrambling for a gig and probably went for less money at sirius i bet he did now what was his role what was his job when he came over pr like just just pr PR for at sirius and then sirius xm of course and he i don't think he's ever come across great on the show ever Mm mm-hmm like mm-hmm. certainly not night likable, and uh, you just hear more of it here, guys. It's like if you if you if you're hoping for a clip changing to hope to change your mind about Ross, you're not going to get it here. So here we go. People seem to think I hired him as I was listening to the the lunacy of the wrap up show yesterday. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Ross is a friend of mine, and Ross, um, you know, to, to refresh your memory, Tim was in a meeting with Ross. Tim Sabian, our program director, during the meeting, snuck behind Ross, took a picture of his bald spot on his head, <laughs> and then issued out an email that said, um, hey, look, Ross uh, is going bald. You know, Ross <laughs> is going bald was the subject in the email. This is a little – and keep in mind, guys, this is about uh, closing in on summer 2010. 
I don't know if it's actually Shitgate, but it might have been some something like Shitgate, uh, but it's not the one that let because um, Shitgate was a, a year later or two years later actually, and when Tim left, um, but why is Tim? This is a really kind of sort. This is seems kind of mean. Not you know that's mean for Tim, not mean for the mm-hmm. show. You're why right. is Tim doing this unless mm-hmm. he really hates Ross? Yeah, that's a good point. Any theories? Either he really just hates Ross and okay, he was like, like oh, I'm going to, I'm going to stick it to him, you know, jab, <laughs> either that or Tim was like, let me try to get in, in on the fun too. Let me try uh-huh. to get in on this silliness that was like mix, happening. Mix it up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it, that that's I, I think more along the lines of well both actually because in 2010 there was a dearth of content because there was no Artie so they were missing literally a, more than a third more like half of the show was gone when Artie left and that's not to talk about his weight um, and so any <laughs> zany stuff it, like they were clearly missing stuff for you know they did need a bit of uh, it seemed like uh, fights were the only thing that were interesting left about the show. That's true, and they. It, you're right because it seems like there was just a lot of filler. Yeah, and they were yeah. kind of scrambling. I feel like too, and this is so gross. There was a lot of bathroom antics during oh, that yes. time. Oh like, yeah, I mean, there there were plenty before too, but not not to the point of. It seemed more guest heavy and more personality heavy, uh, yeah. and then and then all of a sudden. Artie's drugs heavy and then Artie's out and then we'll just wrap up show coverage about Artie nonstop and then he's gone and now all of a sudden dead air like yes you know American Idol and you know that's always been there that was always a mainstay Eric the Midget all of a sudden Eric the Midget got like 20 more minutes a day when he would call you know what I mean mm, that's a good point yeah they had to fill time yes and they, they, I don't think they quite he quite understood um that how valuable Artie was or maybe he did, and he decided, hubris, I don't need him. I started this without him, and I'm going to push on ahead without him, and I'll, it'll be fine. Not realizing it hasn't been fine for a long time, and you're the mm-hmm. reason for a lot of that. I pointed out on the air that I thought that was inappropriate. I didn't think it was right. Too close to home, asshole? <laughs> it's in a meeting. It's a meeting. Tim's not, listen, it's not, I don't know what, Tim doesn't have to do shtick. Tim's defense, he said, hey, why is everyone getting so serious all of a sudden? I have to create a fun atmosphere for people to work in. <laughs> yeah, it was um, so much fun for Ross. I said, I said, yeah, well, that's what I said to Tim. I said, Tim, I don't know that that was fun for Ross, that you're sitting there and doing that. And plus, people kind of don't expect that of you when they're in a meeting, in a business meeting. He, he can't wait yeah. to get to another meeting. That was so much fun. You know, Tom Chisano was our general manager for years, I said to him. And, and there was a lot of crazy stuff going on on the radio. But he was like the voice of reason. Right. And, Oh, come on. You know, I'm trying to create a fun environment. I said, well, you're doing it at Ross's expense. That's all. It wasn't. I, the only reason I brought it up was because Tim was always seemed to be the guy that was just putting stuff together. And you never heard from him. And you certainly never heard him kind of pull pranks or right. cause shit right. in that in that way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he yeah. might have been he might have been on the air for them to make fun of and his sayings and stuff, but not really. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He wasn't a personality. No, he wasn't. And if anything, that's why he was a personality, because he wasn't like he you know what I mean? Like he just stood there and he was like the guy that was all right, everybody, let's get along. And, you know, he's like, he was the hall monitor Come on, guys. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and this to me comes off like as a dad joke, like he's trying to be funny. 
kind of wasn't. It's a little corny. Um, <laughs> but he was trying. Dad jeans. <laughs> yeah, some New Balance tennis shoes. <laughs> One of my favorite Artie quotes. I'll never forget it. It's on the wrap-up show. One of the most amazing stories Artie said was just a one-liner about Tim. He uh, There was the uh, one wrap-up show where they decided they're going to change the stupid intro. It wasn't going to be the Black Crows on a loop remedy all the time. It was going to be something else. So it was like a hip-hop thing. And then um, <laughs> Artie comes in and they go, what the fuck intro was that? And then uh, uh, someone said, is that Tim Sabian? Yeah, Tim Sabian did that. He goes, uh, well, it... it uh, we wanted to change the image of the wrap-up show. We, we think it's pretty good. And Artie goes, yeah, if your image is a shithead. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes, yeah, you know, uh, because because Tim said wrap-up show, so he decided rap, R-A-P. He oh. literally put that together. And he said, Artie goes, yeah, because <laughs> if you want a new intro for your show, the you if you want a hip-hop intro for the show, you know it needs to come from a 58-year-old guy from Minneapolis. A 58-year-old <laughs> white guy from Minneapolis. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could play it. At any rate, um, let's continue, guys, because uh, the good stuff is yet to come. A big deal to uh, the discussion between Tim and myself. But I said, you know, listen, I don't know if that's setting a fun environment. Yeah, you've never you fucked know. on people in the studio. I, don't, I mean, with all the talk about bullying that goes on in the media today, the yeah. two biggest Tim should really think about what he did. Well, anyway, so that led to one thing and another thing, and then Tim and uh, Ross got into it, and then somehow Ross ended up on the wrap-up show, and Jason started yelling at Ross that I think that he was a crybaby or something. Hey, yeah. Howard, um, everybody explained in the first clip, but Ross was upset because Jason tweeted something on his personal tweet about it that he didn't agree with. Right. Uh, I don't, and I don't have that guy. So sorry, you're going to have to, you're, it's probably just a continuation of the whole Ross's bald shit. So, <laughs> okay, here we go. Yeah. But when you went to your personal, that's Ross, uh, Twitter, Twitter feed and wrote what you wrote yesterday. Why? Well, tell him what, tell him what, <laughs> what did you write? <laughs> because it was ball busting. I fucking but, love ball busting. I had nothing to do with you so personally. Do you want me to start ball busting you? Yes, yeah, go crazy. With I, ball. I, I don't want to. I, I, you know what? Hold I said on. this to Gary earlier. You know, I, I care about the little people. I don't mean the little people, but no, I, can, I I know where I came from. And I and I you was really. Them. There's no little people in that room, Ross. <laughs> don't, I wouldn't worry about it. But so who do you want? You, like in this situation, you're looking at these two faces. Don't you have. Sure. Isn't this like a, a Sophie's choice? Who do you punch first? Yeah. But I tell you, it's that guy. It's Ross. Right. It is Ross, isn't it? He immediately. He's like, ooh, ooh. Do, doesn't he look like any every fucking beef head in high school you ever met? Every one, every single one. He is the stereotype. Yes. He really is. Yeah, he is like a lumbering jock with, you know, the worst jokes, the worst sense of anything, uh, like the kind of guy that would go to a funeral and bring like start drinking at a funeral it, it, just because to, he wanted to make a scene, wanted to make it about him uh, yes. topple over the coffin, that kind of shit. Um <laughs> Anyway, he so he's a PR guy. I, the thing is, I don't understand. He's a PR guy for serious, but he seems to have a relationship with the show. Why? That, right. Why? It's it's he's the connection very... is Bowie. Like he's friends, good friends with mm. Bowie. And I always said, mm. like my cousin always said, friends of assholes are also assholes, guys. Mm -hmm. um, and um, and Richie Wilson on in our interview said he was one of the first people to say. Howard hangs out with guys like Ross, who's an asshole, and these are people that are just users. And he has that feel to him, Ross. Doesn't he? He doesn't have that leechy feel he sure to him. He does. 
He's a moocher. He's always that guy that worms his way into the to the cool party. Like, how did yep. you even get here? Who invited you? Did <laughs> Who you invited sneak you? In? So, <laughs> right. Like, why are you here? He what worms he his way in. He, that's that's what I'm getting at. That's what I'm trying to get to. What yeah. is he giving? What's he supplying? Yeah, because he doesn't have a like he would party with these guys. He would go to scores and he would hang out with Howard. But he sounded like like he was just as much of Gary as he was just as much as Gary as, of a star fucker. Like, how can I get mm-hmm. to Howard? And I think that was his whole mandate. Let me get closer and closer to Howard somehow. And he was the reason Bowie could get free Springsteen tickets, this, that and the other thing. They'd come up with promo swag. He would. That's Bowie. Once Bowie was mm-hmm. able to to get that, that was the connection. Like all of a sudden yeah. we're tied at the hip. Because I love music. Yeah. You love Howard. Let's do each other mm-hmm. favors. You're exactly right. I figure exactly that had to right. be it. And then if also he could help Howard out with that shit, even though Howard's got the money, he doesn't need help getting fucking tickets. Mm-hmm. But if he wanted an in with guests, that's another reason he could be valuable to the show. Right. It's like Ross is one of those guys that knows everybody. Right. But like how? How does he know everybody? So he's good at something. Because Schmoozing, he's that I little- guess. Yeah, he's that little connection guy. The hey, everybody, let me. My people will call your people, but like he somehow actually makes it happen. And so, yeah, absolutely, they're just feeding off each other. Yeah, like a, an industry scumbag, basically, mm, like just yeah. a, just a just a vermin, just a you know hanger on that decides, okay, I'm gonna, and and the and those days promo was. I mean, Coke and p- promo was the same thing. You go to a radio station, used to give a crate of fucking CDs and say, what can I get for this? I want 40 more rotations on this single. Uh, I want, you know, uh, I want a blowjob. I want mm-hmm. something, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I talked about this a little bit on um, in, a, in a, a solo episode I've cut for just a freebie that I'm going to throw out uh, sometime this week that uh, James T., um, he provided a little deep dive into the private parts soundtrack and the bullshit involved. So I thought I would just read his information for you guys. And uh, I talk about a little in there. And so promo is a skeevy, skeevy fucking business. And so it doesn't surprise me that a cockroach like Ross is involved in that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it's what Gary would be doing if he wasn't working for the show, if he could. Yeah. Would he? Would he? Well, Bowie was trying to get onto MTV. You remember that audition? God, we yeah, should go through that. That was true. classic. He wanted yeah. to be involved in music at least. He wanted to be in some kind of schmooze position. Always. Yeah, you're right. It is the schmoozing because I always see Gary as a taker. Yes. And so I can't imagine him actually doing things for people, but you're mm-hmm. right on the schmoozing. That's what he would do well. That's he right. And that. yeah. And he won't take, he'll only take if he can get. Right. Like if you, if there's nothing coming his way, he's not going to be altruistic and do anything from anybody. Mm-hmm. I don't believe. And Ross is probably the same way. You give me or you're not getting. That's mm-hmm. it. I'll hold this shit over your head. Yep. So Jason, Jason's had it with Ross and he'll explain at the end of this as well why this all came about. A friend of yours and a friend of Will's and I bust his balls about the uh, the Philadelphia Phillies. But, you know, when the Yankee Stadium opened, I took you along for a tour. I've always helped you out with tickets. Uh, I said you wanted tour. some dressing advice. So I, you came to me and said, hey, look, I don't want to look like well, a schlump anymore. Hold on a second. Uh, wait, wait. What am I making up? <laughs> you're making it for two. I set up that tour. Greg Benini, he wrote the both of us. Okay, and you didn't yeah, want to right. do it. <laughs> so he just called out Ross for bullshitting. Mm-hmm. So, so, mm-hmm. so, so this is another thing he has in common with Gary already. You're, you're completely lying about something to make yourself to self-aggrandize. Yeah. And bringing up a non-issue. And Jason, hate him or like him or hate him. 
that sounded like he just, I mean, he just backed him. he just backed Jason up for us. He did. He absolutely yeah. did. Cause I'm like, what, what did he even say? That was so horrible. It could not have been that bad. And well, it you're gets right. worse. I mean, he, well, he basically threatens Jason to, 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 he wants to fight him. He wants him to come outside he, and you can hear it in the, in, as this progresses. And all over some tweet that probably was just BS yeah, goofing around. Yeah. Yeah, that's and crazy. I mean, and I mean, I don't know. I only know a few people that are as, well, not quite, uh, but sensitive about their loss of their hair loss. Because mm-hmm. they think if their hair goes, they got nothing. And I hate to tell them, like, well, you don't have much hair, so I wouldn't call that something. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's better to just, you know, when it's going, it goes. Get rid of it, you know. I've never I understood mean, I- that. I get it. I get it. Right. It's look, as a woman, I don't have that issue, but I have wrinkles and I, you know, things are happening here as I get older. But is with the baldness, uh, I feel like it's in style. Like it's a look now. Nobody. It's it's certainly more prevalent now than it would have been, let's say, 25 years ago. Yeah, I guess not. It's not there should not such a stigma involved anymore because Mm -mm. Christ, I mean, almost everybody you can think of, like after Vin Diesel became the sort of new Kojak, the new Telly Savalas Uh for his generation. And then just more like MMA. Yeah, absolutely. MMA fighters, they're mostly all bald, right? A lot lot of them, Mm -hmm. uh, the uh, the uh, Georges St. Pierre, a lot of a lot of famous guys now sport the bald, The Rock. Sometimes he has hair, sometimes he doesn't, and he Mm -hmm. he makes it work. Mm -hmm. Now, mind you, most of us don't have the body of the rock, but that's a whole other thing. (laughs) Anyway, uh, hold on a second. Second of all, second of all, first of all, let's explain what the tweet was. Yesterday, I'm listening to the wrap up show in the back office, and Tim's leaving a power play at the clip this morning. And as Tim was walking out, he shot him, he shouts out that he's going to go Photoshop hair on Ross's picture. Right. Now, to me, that was just such a fucking classic moment. Like, here you are, two guys are arguing with each other. Tim's way off mic, and he just shouts that out, and I busted out laughing. And and so, and I've been putting ball-busting uh, notes up on Twitter all week, so I go, ball-buster Tim Savian, I put the quote up, I go, my new hero. That had nothing to do with Ross. What do you or... mean it has nothing to do with me? <laughs> okay, I'm going to let this play through a little more, guys. It's just a joke with the oh, ball-busting. I put notes up about the wrap-up show almost every day on my so personal let's go feed. Back. But I, I cared about you as a friend. What fashion advice and I, did and you I've helped you out. Clearly great fashion advice. No, clearly you, you just put on too many pounds so you can't fit into anything else. Oh, so, Bobby, come on. So I, I, I'm done. I, I'm going to be your co-worker. We have to coexist Hi, Ross, in this. Stop being my friend. See, this is what I'm talking about. Tim was wrong. But look how sensitive Ross is. I sent out a fucking tweet about the wrap-up show yesterday, and now this is a a statement on our friendship, and he's not going to be my friend anymore, and he, he used to treat me good, but he won't treat me good. You are the most sensitive motherfucker okay, on the I'm, planet. Okay. Now, this is two sensitive assholes arguing with each other. Mm-hmm. But Jason, for his to his credit, he's fast. He's quick. He is, isn't he? Right. He comes and right back. Can, he doesn't And Ross, you can, you can hear Ross coming at him with the speed of like an 18-wheeler with everything he's coming at him. You know what I mean? Yep. And he's coming at him with these typical, because I can't think of anything else to say. Yeah. He's gained weight. Your clothes don't fit. Ooh, good one. Right. <laughs> like, ooh, good one. Right. Did you get that from the SNL writer's room? Uh, <laughs> like, like, was that from the uh, 1001 jokes for, you know, for any occasion shit? <laughs> Um, well, yeah. And, and the thing is, Jason's going after him hard now because I, I, well, the first, the first thing is Jason is fearless in the compound and maybe that, that Lexapro, what's doing, what it's really doing is removing, um, the sense of indecisiveness, shall we say, or perhaps, um, 
Well, like, you know, like when, when people get uh, certain people, when they get the Alzheimer's patients, a lot of them lose the sensor in their mind. So literally, <laughs> they might say, look at that fat piece of shit over there while the fat piece of shit is in earshot. <laughs> Right. (laughs) My friend's mother, she was getting older. They would have house guests. And he said she didn't she was never diagnosed with it, but she might have had the onset of it because she would say to people literally like they'd be there five minutes and she'd say, "Okay, it's time for you to leave now. (laughs) (laughs) Just like that. (laughs) You know, like no subtlety whatsoever. So I wonder if it you know how it if that's what it how it affected them. Either way. Do you get the sense no one wants to back Ross up at all? Yes. That they all feel like Jason, but they don't want to say it? Mm -hmm. Because you can look at Jan in the background, and he's looking over at at Jason while Jason speaks, and he's kind of got a little smile like, "Mm, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, Because I wonder, Ross just has to be that personality that he comes in like um, kind of a, a little silent bully. With his yeah. attitude and his aura about him, kind of pushing oh, yeah. people around a little yep. bit and out of the way, and so yeah, um, I can imagine that they're a hundred percent sitting there going, "Get him, Jason! Get him! Get him!" And Jason's oh, yeah. doing good. Like he's yeah. he's he's smart. And it gets and it gets worse for Ross. Like Ross ends up really doing the most damage to himself. If you mm-hmm. if you guys follow along, so you so goodbye. Like you're right. It's, right. You're out of my life. But right, that what you want? But you're, we're you're not ignoring friends? the fact that what I said was I thought you were wrong. Okay, and I disagree with you. <laughs> well, it got more heated. See, now it turned into a second an, a second argument because Jason tweeted, "Hey, Tim's my hero." Well, it's okay, and I edited this most of this crap out of there, guys. So bear with me if you see any judicious sort of little transitions. They're meant to be that way, so just bear with us. Tim, uh, now seeing that this isn't it's creating not good. fun in the workplace, there isn't a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> now, does this mean our friendship is over? I don't think there is a friendship. Okay, well, I'm sorry you see it that way. You don't see it that way. No. I, I, you think everything is fine. You don't <laughs> yes. think the way you conduct yourself in the office that you think that you're a, a Gary Jr. What? You <laughs> I love that comment. <laughs> because I don't know if it's meant to be insulting because he's supposed to be friends with Gary. I know. Like, I guess he's trying to say you're too full of yourself and yeah. you, um, you Status know. wise. Right, right. Like, you're not Gary. I will take that from Gary, but not from you. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. that's the way I heard it as well. I think but, so, yeah. But if you look at the roots of it, Jason really is trying to be – he wants to undermine Gary. Like at the – let's say, for example, the Pelican uh, Pelican Brief, the last – the summit meeting, one of the last things there is Jason – up until that meeting, Jason gets called in and said, look at Jason, how he's dressing. Like, Gary, why can't you wear that stuff? Why can't you dress mm-hmm. like that? Jason's more than happy to show up the boss. And mm-hmm. if the boss in this case happens to be Gary – and he has the confidence of being Gary without being him. Gary doesn't have the confidence Jason has, to be honest. Yeah, that's true. That's a good yeah. point. And yeah. so, and the other thing, <clears throat> this, the other Gary aspect is Gary is has is a noted, like underhanded shithead who will tell stories about someone when they're not there. Like if there's one clip, I, I'll play it for you. He go, he goes in thinking Artie is out of the room. Artie was just kind of under the desk. And then he's telling a story about Artie, and then Artie's face like appears, and suddenly he's lost. 
and already nailed him. <laughs> do, would you actually like to hear that? Yes. Real quick? Yeah, okay, I do. Let I me, do. Okay, let me dig it out. Okay, guys, I was looking for the clip and I found it. So here's Bowie tries to, the weasel tries to fuck Gary. And this is from November 11th, 2002. Funniest damn thing happened during the commercials. What? Gary comes to me and goes, okay, listen, I can talk to you because Artie's out of the room. He goes, uh, Artie's, um, he starts telling me something. <laughs> Artie was in the room. Artie stood up. So Artie, Artie was sitting right there. Gary was looking at him. I had my head down looking at the newspaper. So Gary goes, oh, come on, it wasn't that bad. I go, Gary, it was so goddamn embarrassing. <laughs> and I made a face. And Gary's like, oh, come on, like you've never done that? And I go, no, I don't. Not a I, look, I, I mean, I look. <laughs> okay, so Gary comes in and he tries to he tries to like I don't know make amends somehow. Looked over, he I really did look over. He had his head all the way down. Yeah. What did he say? It was, was not it that bad? big a deal, but no, it, 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 was, it, could, it could have been bad, but it wasn't. But then, but you have a way. You're funny, though, no, no, dude. but you, you know, you're funny. <laughs> no, because no, you no, don't no, want to admit you did a Baba Booey. There's no doubt, but you have a way of just going out of your way to make people feel worse about it when the mic isn't on. Dude, dude, what? Just, I was embarrassed. That's all. Robert, he, can I can I show you the face? Yeah, sure. He goes like this. He goes, Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it was bad. And John was like, you seen Jesus that face, Christ. You seen that face, yeah. It was so bad. I was like. <laughs> so, so even if it wasn't anything, according to him, it, it, he just says it could have been. That means he does it routinely and regularly. So he's yeah, just exactly. as bad as stuttering John. And it could have been had he not got interrupted. He could have kept going on and then it would have got bad. Sure. <laughs> and this was this was not even like, I don't know, uh, barely a year into Artie's tenure there. So you can imagine Artie later on being more than a little fucking peeved to find out that this weasel uh, is mm -hmm. going with him to the craft party, like tailgating the craft party and then getting paid at the craft party for doing nothing and then going to Afghanistan when he doesn't want him there. <laughs> Another arty line. I was happy David Tell and Nick DiPaolo had a few less time to do more jokes. <laughs> Think that How so now Ross is attacking Jason yes. on some level. I don't know why he needed to do that, but it's just getting out of control. But the way you conduct yourself in the office. How many times do I see you yelling at people, screaming at people, getting in fights with other salespeople in our meetings, getting in fights with Gary, oh, slamming the door oh, shut, oh, oh, going on Twitter. Oh, Howard won't let me in the bathroom. How fucking professional First is that? All, okay, now you, you, do you uh, Jason might be a weasel, but do you disbelieve him in any of that? Like him talking mm -hmm. about him, uh, Ross being an allowed, obnoxious fucking shit, mm -hmm. shit heel? No, I think Jason's an instigator and he's an asshole, but I don't think he's a liar. Yeah, like, not about this. Mm -mm, no, no. And maybe not about most things. Maybe, I don't, yeah, he he might embellish a little, but yeah, is it is it a lie? Is it an out and out bullshit to make Ross look like crap? I don't think so. Mm -mm, I don't either. Yeah, I didn't go. You want to talk about your conduct? Hold, hold on. Yeah, right. You went to Howard's house and complained about it. First off. I didn't go on Twitter about it. Second off, what we have, have can Twitter? I finish? You made a statement. I'm going to finish it. So when I ha raise my voice in a meeting with a salesperson, it's to discuss something. It's not no, yelling it's not. at them. It's no, about it's talking not. about what? No, it's not. I've seen you get in fights you know with uh, this sales guy, Sam. Do you know what I do? Do you know what I do? Yeah. Yeah? Well, then I know what you do. <laughs> <laughs> I know you. I've seen sandbox fights that were more mature than this. Yeah. So childish. Just. <laughs> I'm do you like, know what I do? What do you do? I know you are, but what am I? That's exactly what that was. <laughs> and I know what you do. You know what I do? I know what you do. I know you know that I know that you know that I know. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> TT stamp, no racist.
produce the show. Yeah. I know you you work on the show. You work on the bits. I know everything you do, and you do a good job of it. Thank you. So, so I asked you, do you know what I do? Yes. What you're, do I do? You're the promotions guy. You're the. Well, uh, what do I do? That's my title. What do I do? What do you do? Yes. You're the promote. Well, you're saying that I do producing. I'm saying you do promotions. Yeah. I mean, that's what you it's said. You know, you produce so stuff. We'll you take pictures. So my point is, what I'm saying to you is. You just accused me of yelling and screaming and doing things when no. I said to you, you're a Gary Jr. So okay, I'm explaining so to you why, why I act a certain way, yeah. and I don't yell and scream. Yes, you do. And I don't see anyone else here yelling and screaming like you do. So if you're going to gonna call my professionalism into question, I will call yours. Is Gary Jr. an insult or a compliment? Yeah, I was going <laughs> to... It's a veggie. There you go. There you go. Well, like you said, it could be either way. Like, he wants to elevate himself, or he wants to be a fucking backstabbing piece of shit. And uh, like I said, it, it helps the show. These at this point, fights were the only thing I had to look forward to after I already left. Yeah. 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 Ask, what's a Gary Jr.? <laughs> yeah, I'll take Gary Jr., by the way. I don't know why people say, oh, you want to be Gary. Gary's of course been... I want to be Gary. Okay, Gary's a successful me, radio me... producer for 25 years on the greatest radio Ga show ever. Gary's been doing this for 25 years. Maybe longer. 28. I've been doing it for 10. Okay. So when you get another 18 years on How many years belt? have you worked in radio? I'm not talking about me i'm talking about what i observed about you okay so you observe so that i, I feel, try and emulate I my feel, bosses i feel behavior. that sometimes you 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 flex a little more than you should okay you hit the nail right mm -hmm. on the head and you hadn't seen this i mean you mm -hmm. might have seen it originally like ages ago did you yeah yeah ages okay. ago but not recent mm -mm. okay so you, you didn't so you, you that was it like it basically you're coming off like you're gary but you're not and i'll take mm -hmm. that from some other, yeah okay fair enough yeah, well done. Well, <laughs> either great, great recall or just fucking brilliant commentary. Yeah, that's it. Acumen. Some of the power you have, and I don't think you've earned it yet. See, this is what happens. This is what they teach you when you argue with your wife. You can't go off onto other topics. Right. Got to stay uh, on topic. The original topic was whether Tim was wrong in tweeting or whatever, sending out an email of Ross's bald spot. And now Ross attacked Jason as Gary Jr. Yeah. For some reason, that was a bad thing. And now Jason's attacking Ross. <laughs> it's great. It's out, of, it's out of control. Where's this all at, by the way? It's a good um, argument, though, isn't it? It's a good wrap-up yeah, show. It yeah. was it was really bad. I think you're going to play a clip in a minute. There's, a, there's like a long period of silence. Yeah. And it was Ross. Like the veins on his neck were coming out. <laughs> <laughs> this is who you want as a promotions director. Mm -hmm. Get yeah. this fucking radio or I'll kill you. <laughs> Do you know what I do? Do you know what I do? <laughs> the weight of this axe is dragging me down. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, and I think Ross was going to jump across the console. I think he really wanted to kill Jason. That's how bad it got. <laughs> but I got to say, you know, the funny thing is Jason didn't even say Tim was his hero for all for taking the picture. He disagreed with that. Tim made things worse because on the wrap-up show, he said to Ross, I got to go now. I got to go Photoshop hair onto your picture. Uh, and Jason <laughs> said, that's a funny line. Right. And that's what got Ross upset. So, again, like really just a thin-skinned Ross in a group of thin-skinned assholes. Mm -hmm. Yet, let's be honest, if you were to work in that environment, wouldn't you have to learn to just be extremely thick-skinned? Yes. It's, it's a requirement there. And he yes. knows that. Of course. He knows how it works. It's everyone gets their balls busted. Everyone gets picked on. Everybody, you know, makes jokes about each other. That's just that's the show. One of the one of my favorite sort of I wouldn't call it deflections. I guess it is a deflection. First year of Sirius, Yanni, the composer, comes on. 
I think I mentioned this ages ago on the show. And I know what people think, Yari, that guy looks looks like a complete bustos. He goes, <laughs> he, you know, he plays that new age music. I like some of his music, actually, the early stuff. And um, he goes on about, so what happened between you and Linda Evans? Howard says, you know, just decides to go into this thing that he's known. They're not even together, but that's what he's focused on because that was one of Yanni's big breaks, getting with uh, – Crystal Carrington from, mm-hmm. from friggin' was it uh, <laughs> Dynasty, um, and uh, but they'd been not been an, an item anymore at that point. And he said, and then Yanni just kind of looks at it. Well, you know, she was a great woman, and you know, didn't work out. What am I going to say? He said, Well, what happened? And he goes, What happened with your wife? And Howard <laughs> kind of went like, and went another direction. I bet like, he did <laughs> like that. And this is a guy's like English is second language. And he was able wow. to shut this asshole down just real quick, because if there's anything we know about Wiggy, if you know the topics, you know, his weak spots, even if you don't instinctively, you can find them and shut him right the fuck down. <laughs> what, tell me about your daughters. What grandchild? What wife? They're fine. This is about you. Let's talk about you. Let's talk about you. How many times does Gary have to tell you no to something before you'll get the fucking uh, uh, picture to stay out of his fucking office? Oh, so now we're going to the way I, I, I ask to do things, and if I hear no, yes. Yes, you're very unprofessional. No, you can you can fight for your cause. You're unpro- you go in there, you slam through, you're screaming on the top of your lungs. I mean, you want to talk professionalism, let's talk professionalism. Jason, I don't think you're very I'd professional. I'd have a little more respect for this conversation if you knew what I did and knew what went on. Okay, so why the question was asked. If you're there for every step of the way and understand what the pressures or what the desires and what the needs are of why I'm bringing that subject matter to Gary, yes. I would have more respect if you for you knew- to, to talk to me and say why I slammed or why didn't he, why I Ross's Ross's bullshit is so heavy the mic can't stay up. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm sitting here going, what is he even talking about? What it's is he nonsense. saying right it's now? Word it's word salad. Yeah. It, it like he's, if you knew, if you had an inkling, if you had one iota of awareness, what I bring to the table with this organization <laughs> and the importance of what I do here, you would never make these, you know, accusations. It sounds like some really shitty 1970s you know <laughs> tough guy bullshit business guy like dialogue exactly like, what it do is you know do you know how i bled for this company <laughs> oh gross and he keeps it, going he keeps going um do you know what i do i do i do i keep waiting for him what do you do tell me what you do well the other <laughs> Just, th- the, the other thing is is he really that important that he needs to be given this form and that he needs to be going after him? But just literally mm-hmm. say, Jay, take Jason aside and say, look, I'm sensitive about that. Don't bring it up on the air. That's it. Right. right. And a rational person would handle that. But I get I, I guarantee 100 percent that Ross is the kind of guy that would just punch you for the fuck of it. Drunk, oh, sober, yeah. whatever. And that can, uh, you know, and just hope he didn't run into somebody big enough to take him out. Mm-hmm. He's a, a classic bully. That's yes. what he is. Classic. Oh, yeah. And what he, what's happening is this he he expects Jason's just gonna fold like a lawn chair mm-hmm. in the, the onslaught of look at bigger guys in shape, whatever. He's gonna he's a, aggressive and he's gonna be like belligerent and all stuff and bellicose and you're gonna go, Oh, you know, uh you, the, I I don't I've never dealt with this. Most people just run in fear or cower or say, you know, oh Jesus, yeah, my bad. But Jason's mm-hmm. not doing that. So kudos to him for that at least. Right, exactly. And Ross, that's why I think he can't collect his thoughts. Because he's just used to, you know, brawning his way through 
oh, and yes. not really having to really argue. And Jason's quick and he's sharp and he's coming right back at him. That's and right. Ross is like freezing almost. Right. And one one is analytical. The other one couldn't spell analytical if you put a gun to his head. <laughs> so, and I'll let you guys decide who's who I'm talking about here. You want to hear no? And if you okay. do everything I did, and the pressures and the responsibilities that we have on the stern angle of it, and then when you come in there like a mental patient and goes, oh, we need to mix oh, in secret words. Hold we need to mix in secret words into the show for advertisers. And it's just like Gary says no to it. I don't know every day for four years. I mean, when are you going to give so it now up? Now you're going way off the reservation. Now you're going to <laughs> what a reservation. What, what does that expression even mean? I mean, run it up the flagpole and let's see. Like it's one. <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> you're going off the reservation. <laughs> what? I'm just like thinking of every business, you know, synergy. Cliche. <laughs> right. Yeah. Every business cliche. I'm like, I don't know. St. Ignatius, Ignatius used to say, a quitter never wins and a winner never quits. <laughs> Gandhi used to say, when the going gets tough, the tough get gone. <laughs> I mean, like it, it's it's um it, again, it's it's that self-importance. That's what's coming out of Ross's mouth right now. I'm important. Mm -hmm. I'm more important than you. You're supposed to know when to shut the fuck up. Why aren't you doing that? Right. Yeah. Yep. It, and yep. But now now you're bringing up. I'm calling you unprofessional. On. That's the reservation. Hold on, no. Now you're saying mm -hmm. when I come into Gary with an ad sales, when a client wanted something. Right. And you don't take no for an answer. But, and that's fine. But Maybe that's, that's you doing your job. I don't think it's very professional. I don't see anyone are else making, acting like that around you. Are you making here. fun or are you are you criticizing me for coming in and bringing up something that made no sense to you? No, I'm criticizing you for not taking no for an answer and bringing it up every week for three years. Okay. I don't know if you know sales 101, but you don't take no for an answer. Well, I, then you're okay. going to meet your question. Very unprofessional. Do you book guests? Well, sometimes you have to take no for an answer, Ross, and admit <laughs> defeat when you're defeated. Sorry, buddy. You don't. Yeah. You don't. You're if you're on the field and it's a hundred nothing. Chances are, you're, that extra touchdown you think you're going to get, which you're not, is not going to help you. Mm -mm. I mean, mm -hmm. you want to use analogies. Jesus fucking Christ. Talk about talk. <laughs> there's an announcer somewhere out there when it's 18, nothing time is becoming a factor. Um, <laughs> like I, I just, I'm just flabbergasted. He, but, but that used car salesman, that's what I, that's the that, vibe I'm getting. That's exactly what it is. That's bullshit exactly sales what it is. pitch, bullshit, like lingo. Mm -hmm. You don't know the needs and desires of the company. You don't understand that. Okay. Thank you, Spock. Uh, like, yeah, what's this? <laughs> Thank you, Aristotle. <laughs> right. Like, because he doesn't really know anything. He's no. just spitting out words that he's read or heard in his sales training, his sales 101 training, uh, you know, workshop that he went to. <laughs> and he's just spitting it out. He isn't, there's no meaning behind it. And all these words are coming out, but they're not, they don't mean anything. And he can't understand. He's so like confused why Jason won't just concede. Why is this white? Uh, 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 why is he still going? <laughs> I, I'm already picturing this set list, this like, you know, how you how to become a salesman, uh, like seminar he attended. If you want to <laughs> get into this business, you have to know how to sell. S-E-L, sell. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. When you want your big guest for geek time and someone says no to you the first time, do you ever ask again? Well, I don't threaten them like you do. Well, now I'm threatening people. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, how did I, Gary, I'm, do I threaten I'm you? Gonna, I'm waiting to hear what he has to say next. <laughs> you I, did say I, I, Ben I Ruby. <laughs> no, I'm waiting to hear what he says. <laughs> You're coming so off. You got so much money. You have. Wow. <laughs>
at Bowie's Lake Geneva. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh my, my God. <laughs> I'm at a loss here. Bowie, like clearly, too. Jason. Jason wants to throw it. Like he's throwing it at him. He's alone in this. One gun, whatever. And Gary's just afraid to take any side here. Like, yes, he's friends with both of them, whatever. But he clearly agrees. Otherwise, he would have taken uh, Ross's side outright and said, you're well, way out of line. Because Jason is an underling. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're right. And I think that's exactly why he's being quiet. He's just mm-hmm. sitting there and every now and then, you know, he popped up. But yep. Yeah, I think everyone is kind of sitting there looking at Ross going like, what is wrong with you? Yes. What is 100%. wrong with you? Without question. Yeah. And and, and do, you, do you think they also want Ross to dig in, dig himself a deeper hole? Mm-hmm. I think probably even though Gary is friends with him. Yeah. He, like everybody else, knows Ross is just a dick. Like they yeah. all know it. They've seen it. They've been with him places and have seen how he operates. Uh-huh. And and whether he's your quote friend or not, they're still sitting there wanting him, wanting Jason to stick it to him. I think okay. so. Okay. Serious question. Because um, I, I, I think anybody, guy or girl in their life, in their lives, in their lifetimes has, you know, they have a group of friends or various groups of friends throughout your life. And in some groups, some of those groups over your, your lifetime, you might have a, a person that's part of that group that doesn't, you don't really want in there. Like, you, mm-hmm. no one really likes them. They put up with them. And not a sibling of a friend, but, you know, like someone mm-hmm. who literally either they changed and they became assholish or they were always that way. But this person for some reason likes them so they get to tag along. And you put up with them for so long before you finally everybody clues in and even that person the one that's friends with them decides yeah they're not right and then you feel like why did we have to endure all that shit all these years mm-hmm. yeah have you ever have you ever had a situation yes. like that yes i have and i immediately am thinking of someone okay. um <laughs> and it was a it was a girl because it was a gr- yeah. group of girlfriends but sure it's kind of like when you first get to know people and um, because it was the old job that I had. And so all mm-hmm. of us met each other there. We were in our 20s. And mm-hmm. when you first meet someone, you don't really know them that well. But the so we all kind of came together at the same time. So the more we started hanging out, going out after work and on the weekends and stuff, it's like this person, their personality just got like bigger and bigger and bigger. And she was just a dick. Like she would insult us. She would be like, oh, your hair, it looks good. But it was that, you know, and looks good. Like not really. Mm -hmm. Um, And she was obnoxious. And we all just would like look each other, like talk behind the scenes. Like, did you hear that? Did you hear her say that? And, but Mm -hmm. then she, it, this weird thing happens because they're, they're clicked into the group. How do you get rid of them? Like you don't, they're just so dis- in how it. Dis- how do you disrupt the group in such a way that yes. this doesn't create some kind of ripple effect and you're the asshole? Mm-hmm. Oh, you nailed it. Because had I said something, I would have been the asshole. Yes. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. Well, I was the asshole in a group at university. <laughs> I did become the asshole because I took a side and I shouldn't. I really just should have kept it really casual with everybody and been kept my distance more or less and just go out for drinks and not see anything into it. But I had an inability then, and I still have that inability to just not see, not accept bullshit. Like Mm -hmm. I I could not hang out with someone because they were a friend of someone. If I didn't like them, I didn't want to be around them. 
and I'm still like that. And I'll, it doesn't mean I'll, you know, make a scene or anything, but it was more along the lines of, I'm not going to, if you're friends with this person, you hang out with them. I'll, I'll just whatever, give them the Bronx nod and mm -hmm. that'll be it. But don't ask me to interact with them. It won't happen ever. And maybe I'm the problem. Maybe maybe in life you have to be, you have to get along all the time. Well, I would get along. I just would have nothing to do with that person. Mm -hmm. And um, other people didn't like that. They didn't want waves. They did not want disharmony where, because it's going gonna, it, it's gonna to affect them socially. I'm like, well, I'm sorry. Life changes. Life, <laughs> life isn't perfect all the time. And you do have to put uh -uh. up. You don't have to put up with assholes all the time. There's no hard and fast rule that says you've got to d deal with assholes. Mm -mm. And Don't you shouldn't. No. No. Look, there there are times where you kind of have to deal with it, and yes. that's fine. But in your close friend circle, no, you absolutely do not. You no. don't. Yeah. No. I mean, uh, and so anyway, in this in this particular case, in this this work situation that Gary and J Jason and Ross, again, I don't know that they have to put up with Ross's thing for a minute, and I think that's where mm -hmm. Jason's coming from. He's there long enough where he can say. I don't lose anything by, you know, not being friends with you. And I'm, I'm just sick of this bullshit. Why are we mm -hmm. tap dancing around this hippopotamus in the room? And I don't mean Jason, uh, <laughs> uh, this guy that comes out and just like holds tickets over your head or says, oh, if you want to go see Tom Betty, what are you going to do for me? That kind of thing. Or you have to kiss my ass if you want these mm -hmm. things. No one likes that. No. And I think Jason, too, probably has been there long enough um, that he realizes Okay, I have been here long enough. I'm not low on the totem pole anymore. I'm not a lowly intern. I'm going to say whatever the fuck I want. The end. Yeah. And he's mm -hmm. seen that he's seen where that can get him on the air in mm -hmm. the like after especially after Southern John left and he knew that well, that's one angle to get on there. And to be fair, he got on the air way more than Shuli ever did mm -hmm. by doing that. Shuli yeah, Shuli who, who's working his dues uh, in 2022, paying his dues mm -hmm. rather, and has been doing stand up oh. for however long, uh, couldn't make it on the air as much as Jason did. Yep. Yeah. Except for the whack pack bullshit, which of course that went away. Well, Jason, you have a wonderful way of <laughs> deflecting. I asked you a question. Yeah. Answer it. Yeah. You accuse me of not taking no for an answer and keep right. coming back. Right. When you book a guest and you hear no, do you ask again? Sometimes, sometimes I don't. Depends but what you're the accusing me of going okay. to Gary. Not Let me explain to you what I'm accusing you of. No, answer the question. I am. I'm going to answer the question. What I'm accusing you of, you accuse me of being unprofessional. I'm saying you're being unprofessional. Whether or not you're doing your job is one thing, and the way that you're doing it is an unprofessional manner. You yell and you scream and you act like a baby. You do it in meetings, <laughs> you do it to people in the hall, and you do it in Gary's office. That is the end of my statement. Wow. Mm. And, and no one's backing Ross up. Not one. Not one. And there's mm -hmm. no there's no laughter in the background either. Like, no, it's serious. Now, is that because they're afraid of Ross or because they agree with him anyway and they're afraid of Ross? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> they're probably afraid of Ross a little bit. It just feels so heavy in there that I, I wonder if they're just not watching the show. Like, they're just like, oh, my God, is he really saying that? But I feel most certain every person in that room, including Gary, agrees with Jason. Or is it simply, hey, I do want Nick's tickets. <laughs> I do want Stevie. Mm -hmm. I, I do want Fleetwood Mac reunion tickets. Mm -hmm. So I'll just keep my mouth shut. Let these two have at it. And then fuck yeah. it. That's it. I'm safe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then, but in this situation, you have to know a guy like Ross will take Gary back and say, why wouldn't you say anything? 
That's true. Because he's a bitch. Like, he's just like, why didn't I have my reinforcements? And most Mm -hmm. bullies require a couple of other big asshole lunkheads with them because they are too chicken (laughs) to go one-on-one. They have their gang with them. They have their gang. And that makes them feel comfortable, too, because they know um, that they've got the two, whatever, what did you call them? The two, oh. two meatheads, I don't know, the back. Yeah, meatheads, meatheads. <laughs> yeah, lugheads, that's it. They've got, he's got those two behind him supporting him. So if things get heavy for yep. real, he can yep. step back and then the two big guys will come in and take care of business. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's not happening here. That's not happening at all. Mm-mm. No. And so the other thing is, I think it could be a culmination of people just getting fed the fuck up with Ross because there is a time Mm -hmm. and I don't know exactly when it is. Maybe it's when Bubba calls in to talk about the Hogan tape with um, his ex, his ex Heather, because there was scuttlebutt that Ross fucked Heather as well. And that's on Mm -hmm. videotape and Bubba has that. Mm -hmm. Wow. And that was, you know, and this cheating on his wife, who was who looked like an equally big hoe bag, maybe not on the Heather lever level, but pretty, you know, pretty slutty looking. Mm-hmm. So. I do remember that. And wasn't there something? I feel like there was another instance of Ross either cheating, and it was like public knowledge on the show, or he. Supposedly, it was Stuttering John, one of his podcasts where he said, I went to, I was in LA. Of course, he lived in California for the longest time while he was doing, I think, I think, yeah, The Tonight Show was being filmed in California. So um, he said he saw Gary and Ross at a table with two women that were not their wives. That's it. That's it. That was it. That was yep. it. And then they kind That's, of said like, hey, and don't take any pictures, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. And I'm not, we're not here to out you know, philandering assholes, if they are mm-hmm. alleged philandering people, whatever. And we don't go after, we let, who are these podcasts go after John seems, it seems like they, they like to dead it. You know, we made a show about Howard and et cetera. And, you know, and we'll do some stuttering John stuff eventually when it fits our purposes, but we're not going to go after the, uh, you know, the, why hit, why kick the drunk in the alleyway? <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's, my, that's my sort of take on it. I agree. It's too easy. Like it just feels too, he's already, he's already not doing so great. He doesn't need our. (laughs) Couldn't you just pop some popcorn and watch his show? (laughs) Let him roast himself daily. Yes. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Jeez, now I got to go around watching Ross to see if all this is true. Yeah. Wonder what Tim's next bit is going to be. Yeah, to improve the uh, atmosphere in the office. He's creating fun. He goes, "Well, come on, we were in a joking job. We have to create a loose relation, loose fun atmosphere." <laughs> <laughs> I go, "Really? Is that your? Is that what you need to do? Why don't you let me worry about that?" I don't think he he did it here. He's, his big quote was, "This isn't an insurance company." Like, you're not kidding. Yeah, but we can't even uh, get the funny stuff done anymore. <laughs> My job is a lot like a coach. Right. <laughs> we plan our success and we execute the plan. If anybody has corporate middle speak down pat, it was fucking Tim Sabian. I know Sam wants to interview him if we ever get the chance, but I have no desire to. I don't. I agree because I don't think he's going to say anything anyway. No, and that no. that's just his role. I think yeah. I think he's just carrying that role with him on into retirement or whatever, whatever he's up to now. And I don't Absolutely. think he's ever going to. There was a there was a guy uh, I think that's still out there Ed's boring podcast and he interviewed uh, uh, Sabian he ordered he interviewed sorry did I say ordered my God I'm seventy nine <laughs> here uh, seventy eight um, seventy eight RPM um, the um, 
uh, Tom Chiasano. And Tom mm-hmm. Chiasano was good, dry, because that's Tom. I mean, let's be honest. You could tell it, Tim didn't want to talk bad about anything. And Chiasano mm-hmm. was very forthright and said, look, there were problems getting Howard to commit to meeting sponsors to sell stuff. And it was a, it was a struggle. Tim would never say that. Never. Mm-hmm. I, don't I think, think so, that. too. I, I think, you know... Tim part, it's just his personality, but I think he is such a corporate, um, I don't even know what the word is. Like, yeah, he's just such a corporate, uh, you know, go getter that always will come first. That will always come first. And I don't, I think that's just in him at this point. And he's, he's never going to turn back. So it's a self-preservation type thing. Instinct. I, I think that, but then more so, I think it's just his loyalty, um, that I don't know if he could ever really be truthful, even though it was a shitty situation and shitty stuff happened. Like, I just don't think he'd ever talk about it. Do you mm-hmm. think he'd write a book and leave it behind? I don't, I don't think he, I don't no. think he knows enough Mm-mm. to write a book and, or can write Mm-mm. a book, to be honest with you. Uh, no. Maybe, maybe you should try reading a book. Um, <laughs> but he, and I wouldn't want it to come from him. I know where the books I'd like Mm-mm. to see come from. Um, and uh, anyway, I'm just curious about that because it, what your thoughts are on the because there's certain people from the show like Jackie when we tried to interview him and it was like pulling teeth because he he was list, he 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 thinks every story he's ever told has never been heard before so he <laughs> mm-hmm. feels honor bound to go through the fucking motions and like dude this isn't your filibuster uh, soapbox this is Q and A. This mm-hmm. is what it is. You, you're more than ha- more than happy to hear you answer it, but don't prolong the shit by adding some anecdote that's in your book. Right. He's you just know. rehashing the same old stories over and over again everywhere mm-hmm. he goes. Yes. So you're yeah you're right. You're not getting anything from him. Um, no. You know Tim, I think too is just a nice guy, probably. Uh, I guess, I suppose. I mean, I don't like the way they, they railroaded him out of there with that shitgate thing mm-hmm. that was really stupid and really yeah, and childish and uh, not entertaining. I remember Mm-mm. at the time going through, I didn't go through it. About a week or t- a month later, I heard it and I go, this is what they find. This is what they feel is compelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was mean. It felt mean to me. I didn't, I didn't like it. Um, and it wasn't like he exploded. I mean, there was, they talked, they talked about it like he literally bent over and did a Jackson Pollock on the wall. <laughs> I know. I know. Like, oh, God. <laughs> like, uh, sorry, guys. Sam, don't listen to that. Yeah, I should have told you before. <laughs> but yeah. either way, guys, uh, I, I know you have your safe. You think times Tim Sabian's worth seeking out by all means, but I'm not going to be making the uh, the uh, entree. I'm not going to be making any overtures because I just I don't have any desire for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I take a shot at it, I suppose. If we inter- if you interview Jackie, I suppose you can interview Tim Sabian and try to make mm-hmm. the most of it. Uh, at any rate, let's continue with the uh, the ugliness. I like to. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I like teasing Ross. I know Ross is a very sensitive person. I do. I was watching Howard TV behind the scenes, which is my favorite show on Howard TV. Uh-huh. They, they're doing a great job. And this week they have three different scenarios of what went on behind the scenes. And one of them was when this naked chick came in. And I see Tim at behind the scenes. He's sitting in the uh, control room of the TV studio watching, watching the naked chick. Whoa. <laughs> Doesn't he have things to do? I don't know. He's creating fun all over the place. <laughs> Sounds like Tim's the dirty old man is what it is. 
Jesus Christ. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, look where look where he is, I know, but still. <laughs> you dress like a salesman, maybe act like don't act like a scores uh, you know, uh, scores or what do you call it? <laughs> parking attendant. <laughs> I think Ross has a lot of personality flaws. Like he's very sensitive wow. and he has a big ego and he thinks his shit doesn't stink and he holds everything over everyone's head. Like he's the grand last time I get you Foo Fighters tickets, blah, blah, blah. Like he's like the Santa Claus of the office. And I think it's funny to poke holes in that persona, but I never had anything personal against Ross. <laughs> he just listed five things. <laughs> oh, listen, I have my own flaws too. I know them. Doesn't what matter are they? Like myself. What are your flaws? I'm loud. Right. Uh, I have a horrible nasally voice. Right. Um, I can definitely uh, 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 say you'll go too far with either making fun of people or saying things where I shouldn't say things. Yeah, I got flaws. What about in the office? What about your well, professional All those things life? are things I do in the office. I, I'm loud in the office. I get I uh, talk too much. I say things I probably shouldn't say sometimes. I mean, it happens. And I'm fat. I mean, I don't know. I got lots of flaws. You're very tan. I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, I gotta agree. Fake tan, spray tan. You know, uh, <sighs> what do you call it? Um, UV, like what are those sun, sunbed tans in the mm-hmm, middle of tanning winter? Tanning beds. Mm-hmm. In the middle of winter, like when yep. people come out, like they haven't clearly, they you know they haven't gone anywhere yet. They've got this look of, <laughs> they look like uh, I don't know Hulk Hogan. Um, all, <laughs> all of a sudden, you're supposed to go, yeah, wow, great. How was Florida? Quote, yeah, unquote. natural. Very yeah, natural. Very natural. <laughs> yeah, man. How are you so tan? <laughs> wow. Are you hitting on the personal level or the professional level? Professional. Listen, man, I love Ross. And I know he's, he's very busy because every Thursday through Monday, he can't find them because he's in the Bahamas or Miami. Or... <laughs> Why is everyone laughing? Everyone's laughing off, Mike. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm laughing. Jason, you know what? If you didn't work in this environment, I don't think you'd have a job. Well, I don't think you would either. Well, there you go. My mm. goodness. Jason knows that off. Now, the difference is now Ross has gone from place to place and obtained work. However, that's happened. Jason's gone from school to working at the Stern Show and is still there. Mm. Uh, I don't know, by the grace of God, if he's making any kind of money to do that, uh, like enough money to, to live his life. I can't believe it, actually. I can't either. Yeah. No. Um, but uh, but did you, see, did you see Ross there with that whole – it was almost like his the wheel, the gears in his head just stopped. And you could see mm-hmm. him go, what's my next move? Right. It's clear Jason's winning this. Mm-hmm. And that's why everyone is like giggling in the background, because now it's like, ooh, you just got him good. Yeah. You just got him good. That wasn't um, bullshit. You're a dummy. The tan thing was was a bullshit little childish thing. But the other insults he just gave were like real, real insults and going and after his professionalism like, his work ethic the lack of yeah. the lack thereof more or less but mm-hmm. uh yep. and and what happens later of course and you're going to play it it's i think of the goodwill hunting i hate to keep bringing it back to movies but the whole um you know will will gets into the middle of that whole you know uh, he does, he takes apart that one guy's argument in the bar when they're trying to hit on mini driver and uh and then after the end of it when the guy goes i'll get a degree and you'll still be in here you know you'll be you'll be serving us fries you know where we're going to a ski trip in aspen and he goes yeah well if you you know maybe but i won't be an originally says well, maybe we can take it outside that's when will loses it because he mm-hmm. was fine up until that point, and all of a sudden you went back into you went into the gutter, and yep. that one that guy got one on you. Mm-hmm. That's where you had to take it because you had no recourse, you had no way of going anywhere else. Yeah, and Ross is mm-hmm. going to do the same thing, and that's the last refuge of someone who's 
in my opinion, incredibly immature. Very, very. Um, because he doesn't have to get to this point usually. No. He he probably is he's a baby. He's like a big old baby toddler. Yep. You know, pitching a fit to get everything he wants. And mm-hmm. so most people are gonna give in. Mm-hmm. Because they don't they just don't deal with it, number one, you know. Yeah. And he's taken aback there, of course, because he's not, probably never heard anybody say that to him in his life, mm-hmm. including yes. his wife's or wives, mm-hmm. I don't know, girlfriends, whatever. <laughs> right. And maybe because, like Howard, he would act like a baby. And we're speculating here. We have no way of knowing. But he would be like, mm-hmm. what the fuck are you talking about? Most people, if they know someone's going to be disagreeable when you tell them the truth, you stop telling them the truth. You just figure it's yes. not worth it. Yeah, I found. Argue, man. Anyway, so it got worse and worse. You want to hear the last clip? Sure. Right. I want to know how this ends. Uh, well, not well. <laughs> no. I think Ross tries to, uh, to get Jason to step outside. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Jason knows how to get under your skin, but the thing that pisses me off about it, and he, he enjoys it. Oh, yeah. He gets off on it. And if you show him that side of you, he will attack because that's a part of his personality that, that I can't stand. I don't mean to insult people's appearance, but Jan looks like mm. he's wearing a one-piece toddler's <laughs> like pajama piece because the, <laughs> the shirt is almost perfectly matching the dad jeans. And Ooh. like he looks like he's wearing one of those Pete uh, Townsend boiler suits, but it's all denim. <laughs> like those mechanic um coveralls. <laughs> coveralls. <laughs> <laughs> and guys, we're not insulting mechanics. I got two uncles no. that were mechanics. One of them's passed away recently. Uh-uh. So um I love and this isn't a back pedal. Uh, but mm-hmm. there, there is stereotype, guys, whether you like it or not. Uh, he, he could be a grease monkey. Yeah, he could be. <laughs> God. <laughs> What's it? Break, repair, chic. <laughs> Especially a pa- wait, wait, wait. Have you ever been punched out? I spe- yeah, uh, punched in the face? I don't think I've been punched in the face. I've gotten in a fight before. But especially a paper tiger like Ross is, is, is somebody who is great because he has such an inflated ego and, and an arrogance about himself that anytime you could just needle that a little, it's like the greatest thing in the world. That's why, even though Tim was in the wrong yesterday, it was great fucking radio because, oh no, it got under Ross's perfect fucking skin. And, you, and Tim is right. You are a ball buster. And Tim, I'm not defending what Tim did because I think that is wrong the way he took your picture in the meeting and just sent it out on an email without you knowing about it. But, I mean, you know, he did have a point at some point. Get over it, dude. I mean, really. Yeah, see, you're going you're gonna to be angry at Tim. You're taking the anger at Tim to me now because I put out one tweet yesterday saying was I was enjoying the wrap-up the show. Before the, what happened before the tweet? I just told you. Well, I missed it. Now, this is where it gets interesting because Jason's hitting him also on very salient point. He's going to go after the weaker person he can, the person that's not going to cause any trouble with, and that's Jason. If he gets pissed off, he can't get pissed off at Tim. Tim's the mm-hmm. the whatever department manager there. Can't get pissed off at Gary. He's the producer. Go after low-hanging fruit. That is such a good point. I didn't even think of that. You are right in mm-hmm. what has fucked him up. Mm-hmm. He wasn't expecting what Jason's giving him. Not, not, not even the slightest. N- not he's, even. He's flabbergasted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he's is. Absolutely Look at him. Gobsmacked. 
arms crossed, arms crossed, uh-huh. looking in disbelief, like I've never had this happen to me before. Yes. Like, you know, that meme we always use of does not compute, does not compute. <laughs> it's that <laughs> lady with the wand, <laughs> the, the goodwill the, hunting mathematician right, things. Right, right, right. <laughs> or the one guy with the exploding galaxy behind him going into the screen. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Mind this, being blown. This is a real life meme <laughs> because yeah. he is like what yeah this what? is this if you, so guys here's your like photoshoppers if you're in if you're in with us on patreon and you want this isn't the greatest copy quality of uh quality copy i have rather but uh, it's the best i could do but still from this still if you want to take a screen cap of this and maybe try to sharpen it a little bit matthew schultz i'm thinking of you or uh gary puppet if you're if you're in the in the neighborhood and you see it and try to add your own thought balloon <laughs> to Ross and make like, I don't know, put him somewhere where it, it I don't know. And you decide what's in the caption. What's the caption for this one? Because I'm, I'm, I'm amazed. I'm still amazed when I see it. Wait, all oh, you, no, so you've all been thinking this the whole time? All your little gonna... bullshit. And you, you can't know what? even keep an assistant, he, dude. This is what a horrible boss you are. Wow. Wow. <laughs> People are just leaving you in droves. What are you on? Two assistants in three years now? How fat are you? <laughs> 285 pounds. So every day I'm going to bring a scale next to you. And we're going to start weighing you every day. And you oh. come to my office and, and do attendance. Because you're sure that I don't show up for work. I so you're, you're more than welcome work. to come to my office every day to see if I'm there. And there's going to be a scale there. And when you and we're going to have the Jason well, show. And, your boss. and we're going to watch how work. fat you are every day. So you want to do that with me? No. You can take my attendance. You're sure I don't come? You're sure I'm not here Thursday through Monday? No, Ross, I'm not your boss. I don't really. And by the way, uh, Ross, Jason has taken his shirt off in the studio. I'm sure he doesn't give a fuck about weighing himself mm-hmm. and it's not going to cause one lick of difference. In fact, you could tell you could probably tell Jason just about anything and it wouldn't bother him one bit because of who's going to give it to him. And that's Ross because he knows mm-hmm. he's got him. That's the one thing about people like Jason. You cannot once they've just, they've found out that they're getting to you, and you're just like uh, it's it's return fire, it's defensive fire. That you're not going to bother him with anything because he knows mm-hmm. he got over on you. Oh, he knows. He knows. He has a, a glint in his eye, as they mm-hmm. say, during this, mm-hmm. because now he's like, "Yep, I'm winning." Ross is fumbling. He, <laughs> I mean. And not to defend John Hine, but he was correct. Jason is in his element now. This is when he's make he's ready to make the glaze. He's totally like in his, in, you know, in his these in the pocket, as they say. No, no, yeah. but you're acting like it. You're taking attendance. You for called me. me unprofessional, and we got in this long argument about who's the most unprofessional. But you're you're making accusations that you can't back up. It's well, you're right to... here, so say it. Are you not in Miami every other weekend? No, I'm not in okay, Miami. Okay, well every then other there's weekend. your side of the story. Congratulations. And, and we don't have to talk about my assistant, but she decided to leave and it wasn't because she couldn't work with me okay? really yeah really well i don't listen all i know is your assistant's leaving tim's got two assistants they're multiplying you can't get rid of them you they're flocking <laughs> tim i wish really i wasn't working character. here with you i really do <laughs> i really do oh well then quit and then you could beat me up on the street if that's what you're looking I'm about <laughs> beating you up then what and Jason has nailed it. Like, if, if if anybody doesn't get from that that he wants to basically pummel him right now, that's his go-to because that's that's the reflex. I'll just beat you up. Yep, because he's not winning any other way. No, nope. he's gonna he's gonna not, default to the thing that has gotten him where he is today. Pushing not mentally, around. not mentally, not verbally. <laughs> he's lost, so he's got to go back to that fallback. The only way he thinks he can get back, and as if Jason's gonna be like, okay, let's get take to the streets. Oh, I got my nine. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Then what? If it's not about that. 
you are a piece of work. There you go. Mm. Well, anyway. You said that was the last clip, but if you care, I have a bonus clip. What's the bonus right clip? Right in, in the other column in white. Yeah. So what happened was we went to commercial break, <laughs> and then we were commercial break. Ross wasn't done yet. and uh, Oh, is this where you asked him to step outside? Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> we got to take a break. When we come back, we'll try to resolve this. We'll try to talk about Dave Navarro. Try and let some tension out of the room. You'll see the wrap-up show. Take a walk. Take a walk. Wow. No, seriously. Just come on. No. No, take a walk. I'm not going to touch you. Just come on. Take no, a walk. Wait, a guy who just called me an asshole for eight years is telling me to take a walk with him in the air? Come here. Come here. Come take a walk. You're a big guy behind the microphone. I'm not going to hit you. You're going to have Jim Trellis. Come take a walk. I'm afraid of you kidding me. I just don't want to have an argument with you off the air. We'll have the argument on here. Raise my voice like I should the camera. Come just take a walk with me. I'm sorry. I don't feel like I'm too fast to walk. I promise you, I'm not going to yell and I'm not going to slam the door. Just take a walk with me. If you can sit there behind the microphone, you can give me the distance. I'll come to your office after the break. No, I'd like to talk to you right now. I have to interview somebody that's been sitting there for uh, 20 minutes because my assistant didn't want to work for me. So come over here, Mr. Big Shot. I'm serious. I'd like to talk I'll to talk you. I'll talk to you in your office after the show. Or I'll talk to you on the air now. Because I'm in the middle of doing a radio show. behind the microphone, you Mr. Big Guy. I said I'll talk to you in your office after the show. You Mr. Big Guy. I'll come talk to you in the office no, after the show. Talk to me right now. I no, I don't want to talk to you. Why not? Because you're not you're my so boss and you can't order me around. behind a microphone. You can't talk to me. Please turn it off. Well, they turned it off. Whose idea was to turn it off? I thought they His face. That was a face of a man in rage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. Like, that was no, sh- that was definitely no shtick. You know Mm-mm. how this show can definitely at that, at certain times be all, you know, it's a orchestrated crap and whatever. That was real. That was real. That yeah. was like scary real. Like I was yeah. waiting for him to just pounce right. and get him. And so the, isn't, isn't the, um, isn't the conceit not the conceit isn't the takeaway that it's most likely happened many times in his life just things like that not not where not where someone has taken him to task like that but where he's reacted like that for even lesser things absolutely yeah absolutely he was not getting his way mm-hmm. jason was not um bowing down to nope. ross's anger wasn't scared not even a little bit and ross was like what the fuck is going on right now and and he's not used to that he no. is not used to it and so absolutely he's used to pushing his way through mm-hmm. pushing people out of the way getting yep. mad pitching a fit and everybody does what he wants and it wasn't happening so nope. i imagine he has done that with girlfriends he's yep. done that with friends anyone who dared like not do what he wants that was mm-hmm. that's natural go-to reaction so say gary was arguing with ross do you think he would have gotten that mad or do you think somewhere inside he would have been like no gary's upper level uh no he's he it's based on the level of what if i can't get something from you like can i get something from you or can't i uh with jason it was way first of all it's a couple things number one he's a smarmy he's the kid he probably beat up a thousand times in his life yep or a hundred yeah. times. And I'm thinking of that scene in True Detective when um, uh, Colin Farrell beats up the kid's dad <laughs> and uh, he ch- holds the kid in front of him. You got to watch this. Your dad's doing this for you. I love that scene. <laughs> uh, it's the best anti-bullying scene you've ever seen. Anyway, uh, he so he's not used to that, number one. So that's why he's, he got to the level he has. I think more often than not, uh, Ross has just been whiny to get his way. And he's not had to resort to that. But for Bowie, he instinctively, I think he would know, oh, I'll not be in with Howard if I do something to him like that. Yeah. Because Gary, first of all, will tell Howard right away. Mm-hmm. 
And if it's a case where an AJ, like if an AJ Benza gets fired for almost slapping stuttering John at, and yes, at K rock, not, not serious. Um, what would happen it easily? That would happen to Ross. It's serious. There'd have to be a human rights thing, union or no union. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the thing with bullies too, is that if, it's funny how easily they can kind of be reeled back in Yep. sometimes. Yep. And so I could absolutely see somebody in authority or somebody um, in, in true authority, like Howard Gary's in authority to a certain extent. And yeah. so anybody on that level would, would easily kind of um, push Ross back down to where mm-hmm. he didn't get as angry. Cause that, that's a good point you made about Jason being the kid that he's beaten up a million times, except this time that little kid is like not taking his shit. And he right. is like, what? Yeah. His, the wires are crossed in his head. They are. <laughs> They're they, fusing. Uh, and it's like, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Listen, does not compute. You're right. <laughs> Put it down and left it on. Oh, oh man. So, so what happened was uh, Jason stepped outside. He came back about 30 seconds later. He goes, yeah, that's pretty much what I thought. You're a piece of shit. I hope you die. Don't ever fucking talk to me again. Uh, right. So they talk. Yeah. I mean, obviously the thing with Jason and Ross has been brewing long before this. Yeah. But man, it, it just... When when they left the studio, John and I almost were like, "Did we? We thought we went too far, you know? <laughs> maybe. I mean, you didn't go too far. Maybe they did. Or maybe let it go too far. Hey, what are you gonna do, man? They're fighting. Might as well fight on the air if you're gonna fight. Why do it off the air? True. You know what I'm saying? Now, what let it go too far implies that they had the the ability to stop it or say that's enough, and they chose not to. So why not? Right. Like you and you and I are both saying, like, well, they wanted it to happen. They wanted mm-hmm. Jason. They were like silently going, "You go, you go, girl." <laughs> <laughs> you go, they big were. girl. Go, grimace. They absolutely were. They were letting him be the mouthpiece on this one. I think so. And just yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, anything I realize when you fight on the air, it keeps things civil. Like people don't end up killing each other because they're worried with the cameras on the, uh, you know, the cameras and well, the microphones yeah, are open. Evidence. Yeah, evidence. <laughs> Gary, listening back to that clip, you just said as soon as it happened, you felt as if maybe you and John let it go too far. Yeah, because it was really tense and it was really ugly and I thought it might get physical. But not only that, you could see you could see that it wasn't one of those things that was going to be repaired in a minute or may never be repaired. And Ross is a good friend of mine and Jason's a good friend. A good friend of mine. Mm. A good friend. Do you have do you are you friends at this point in your life and you're way younger than Gary and so am I. But uh, is, is there anybody in your life remotely like? Like Ross that you're still hanging out with or that you know yeah no way Mm-mm. right Mm-mm. so what does that tell you about Gary mm-hmm yeah yeah tells tells us all we need to know <laughs> I think so yeah I and I like them both and it was just really it was it was ugly I mean it's 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 fascinating to watch and it's fascinating to listen to but you know it, sometimes you we do stuff here that may affect the bigger picture right you have personal ties to it well not only that but like I, we, we have a meet that meeting where Tim took the picture of Russ's head well, we're in that meeting every Monday and sometimes that meeting is literally me Jason Ross and one other person so now I have this meeting every Monday that I need to get stuff done and I've got a person here and a person here who can't even look at each other. Did that happen this past Monday? 
Yeah, sort of. And it's just an awkward tension. You can feel it in the room. Yeah, everybody, everybody's a really awesome in that respect. But when you come on the air, you're saying to everybody, all right, you can come on. Here's a place where a safe haven to tell your true feelings. Beauty of the rap. Except if they're to the boss or to Robin. <laughs> Right. <laughs> or clearly to Ross. <laughs> oh, man. Up show a very level playing field. Yes, exactly. Jason, you've had some time to, um, you know, I'm sure listen back to that clip a few times and uh, really let it sink in. You've had a you know, weekend to think about what happened between you and Ross. Have you changed your stance at all? Have you, have you come back towards him a little bit? Have... I, I would say, if, if, if anything, maybe I went a little overboard. Maybe I got a little defensive because I knew where he was going. Um, and maybe I went a little overboard but other than that no but Ross did this to me last year with the fucking bathroom Howard and Gary and Tim his friends his longtime friends they go over each other's houses they eat together blah 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 the only three power people with power in this building to lock Ross out of that bathroom or give him access they all voted no but who does he blame who does he direct all his anger at when he can't and I will say, I did hear him say this when I reviewed the thing and cut through it, but uh, I, was, I, I, I wasn't 100% convinced until I started listening to it. And that's, so I'll give Jason the credit for coming up with the whole uh, concept, like the whole, uh, the whole um, idea that that's the, the root of it was, I can go after this kid, I can't go after these other people. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because there he will be ramifications with the other three, but not with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah get in that yeah, bathroom I, me oh, oh sorry please oh no i was just gonna say i i i'm actually sympathizing with jason a little bit i hate to say it like no I don't, it's sure um i don't blame him at all like he he had had enough yeah. and there there's no telling what had happened before even the bathroom incident and up mm -hmm. until this one they yep. kind of this one was a big one and only because of the way Ross reacted to it and so Jason's like fuck this uh uh I'm not taking it anymore I'm not taking it and he just let it go let it go and add to this he gets he Ross let it get to that point and then he says, turn the camera off. He mm -hmm. didn't have the presence of mind to say, turn the camera off. I got to say some stuff now that I know I don't want out there. Yep. So that's how stupid he was mm -hmm. to, to let it go out there. And then after the fact, think dick first, head second. And like, like uh, uh, <laughs> anybody like that, you got to keep dinner forks out of their hands. You got to mm -hmm. keep them away from the fucking poker next to the next to the fireplace. I mean, you just a person like that. Because if they get fucked up, they could do anything. Mm. They could get whiskey anger. They could get coked up and decide, let's, you know, throw this out the fucking window. Let's, you know, let's dance on the, the rooftop and, you know, go on the side of the roof and whatever. They're just, mm. they're just nuts. They are nuts. It's that uncontrollable rage that comes out. And then they don't, I don't think they can even control it past a certain point. It's like very animalistic. No, and it's then you're just, dealing with someone instead of actually like in, in interacting with them. Right. And, yeah. you know, I I argue you probably can never interact with Ross really anyway. Like you really can't get through and have like a, a real logical connecting kind of conversation. It's always this um, sports game. Right. Transactional things happening back and forth there's nothing real like you can't yeah. get there he's he's blank he's just you could go out with him for dinner and talk about the business you could talk about sports you could talk about surface level bullshit but you couldn't mm -hmm. really get deep with him and you wouldn't necessarily want to because maybe he's not capable <laughs> of it 
uh, and maybe that pea brain of his, that T-Rex brain of his, uh, wouldn't be able to process anything deeper than, I don't know, fucking onion skin anyway. So <laughs> what's the, what's the point? And the other thing mm-hmm. is that personality, like I said, it's, it's repellent. It is. Yeah. So, I mean, if you don't have that in your corner, you can't get these tickets. Would you spend time with Ralph, with Rob? I'm sorry, sorry Ross, Ross, Rob, and Ralph. <laughs> Rob and Ralph. It's the, the R's. The R's have it, guys. And Ronnie. There's too many R's in there we can't stand. Although, you were, I, kudos to you for defending Ronnie when you were um, uh, talking with uh, Raven. Mm-hmm. Another R. Um, <laughs> that, uh, that like Ronnie at his worst, even at the let's fuck some whores days, mm-hmm. way more um, appealing to hang out with him. Led the let's say, um, who was the comparison? Um, I think the comparison Louis. was Howard, obviously. But oh, um, for sure, for sure, yeah. Really, any of them? Yeah, I'd probably take Ronnie. I would take Ronnie at Bubba's wedding over half the other people. <laughs> on that staff. I'm not even trying to be funny. Like that that's the truth of it. At least Ronnie's fun. I would, I would, go, I would I would I would drink with the Howard TV guys for sure. Yeah, the, I yeah, that's true. That's Yeah. True. Yeah. All the tape screaming at me because he blames me for him not being in that bathroom. He loves going after the person with the least amount of power because that's his MO. He was mad at Tim, he yells at me. He's mad at Tim and Howard and Gary, he yells at me. So, you know, he always throws that, you know, I'm not your friend anymore cards. So you know what? You're not my friend. You're not my friend. Okay? I live with you. I'll, I'll, I'll get through life without you being my friend. We're co workers, and uh, that's it. So, Gary was correct when he said this tension has been mounted. Thing for for almost years now. I mean, I've never felt as comfortable around Ross as a friend since that bathroom incident. But I didn't realize that he had been building up this whole thing against me that exploded on the rap show. Because as Gary pointed out in the air, it wasn't about the tweet. Apparently, it was about other shit. So, uh, you know, once he started going down that road again on the wrap up show, that's where I was just like, all right. The first time he did it, I was you know put off by it, but I just, I tried to put it behind me. The second time he does it, forget it. Fuck him. He's gonna blame me every time Gary or Howard pisses him off. He Fuck himself. Ross. Now we hear from here we hear from Captain Cokehead himself. <laughs> um, so and like I said, guys, it's just like just that attitude. Fuck, I want to drop kick him. I don't even oh, know I the know. guy and I wanna I wanna just oh. give him a, a Paul Roma triple backbreaker. <laughs> I'd like to hear your take on uh, the events that transpired on the wrap-up show last week, and uh, if you're if you're feeling any more. I just want to move on. I have, you know, it's an interesting interesting dynamic here. I work. Uh, I am an executive on the Sirius XM side, and work closely with the Stern Show, and it's great radio. I get it. I just want to move on from it. I am uh, disappointed in Tim. I'm still upset at Jason. I felt that there was no respect towards me. I feel that he can just open. And, you know, throw a grenade in the room and have fun with it. Uh, I was unable to defend myself the way I'd like to on the air, but I. You had every moment needed to defend yourself, unless he's talking about on the Howard's air, not the the wrap up show. Right. To be, to be fair, but come on. Or defending defending himself in uh, physically yeah. <laughs> by beating someone up. But yeah, pretty much. We'll defend myself off the air, but I just want to move on. We all have to work together, and uh, as I said, it's a professional environment, and I'm sure I love to have fun, and we'll keep that out of the workplace. But uh, I'm disappointed uh, in Tim, and I'm very, I'm still very upset with Jason. I feel there was there's a lack of respect there that I deserve some. Maybe he doesn't deserve any, and that's the whole point. Mm, exactly. Yeah. 
uh, grow up, you know, realize I have nothing to do with keeping you out of the bathroom. Nothing. I have nothing to do with taking a picture of your fucking bald head and emailing it to anybody. Nothing. I had nothing to do with Tim yelling at you on the wrap-up show. Nothing. I, I wrote a tweet laughing about what Tim said on the wrap-up show, and now I'm public enemy number one with you. No, you're picking on the weakest person here, and it's disgusting. And you've become the scapegoat for his built-up tension and I am the uh, scapegoat. I am the scapegoat for everything wrong in Ross's work life. Yes. Yes. I am the scapegoat. Uh, but no more. I am not a scapegoat. Tim and Ross always threatening to go down roads with each other. I, I go right down the road. I hop right in the car. I go right down the road. Dude. So much shit I didn't even get to on the Raptor show. So much. <laughs> I would love it. I would love it. Just, and now, mind you, i got to sift through back off his radio now to see if there's more shit in there. But I, I doubt if there's going to be anything as good as, you know, what's in his head. And again, we have that whole book I'd notion. I would love to see Jason and Will put a book together combined, oh, unfettered. Yes. And just yep. and, and and they don't even have to use the real names just because mm-hmm. ex extern employees book, you know, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it now? An, an Alan Smithy book. I don't know. Something like that <laughs> to to protect themselves. But uh, I will never see it, unfortunately. Not yet. Anyway, mm-hmm. do you think this will come out or do you think rather do you think if Ross comes to you, if he extends the olive branch? Yes. I don't hate Ross Satan as a person. If he comes to me and he says, listen, I'm sorry, you're right. I took out my anger on the wrong person uh, I was wrong I, I will I will apologize and I say you know what maybe I went a little I I would say I went a little overboard in the rap so I didn't need to jump down your throat like that uh, but otherwise I'm not interested I'm not going to be the one to to extend the olive branch because he's the one that has a problem with me and not vice versa I, you know I don't even care I don't care this is work this is a camp I don't care if Ross apologized to me I would be gracious and accepted uh, uh, and that's it but anything short of that you've got more ammo built up I have ammo on everybody here let me <laughs> watch out, Greg. No, All right, let me I, end this interview. <laughs> let's end this interview immediately. Uh, I hope we don't get into another fight on the air. If we do, I can certainly hold my own again. I agree. A hundred percent percent. But that ammo, that ammo that he has about other people, I would love to know what the fuck all that is. I know. What is it? You know what? He knows stuff about Gary. Number one, that's immediately who came to my mind. And then, yeah. of course... You know, everybody else, but definitely Gary, I think, is up there. Oh, yeah, management. And I think and not even that. What I think is Gary, who's in just as big a big mouth, Mm -hmm. was probably is probably told Jason shitloads that he's meant to keep quiet. And he has and will until he needs to use it. Mm -hmm. That is. Yeah, that's a good point. Yep. Because Gary's yeah. got to get it out somewhere. He's got yes, to get he does. It out. Get I, and can you, you, you can imagine Gary like just commiserating, smoking a pack of Marlboro Reds, going like, "Oh, fucking these fucking pricks! They're fucking doing whatever." Just you, this is between me and you, though. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's probably doing that when he's on the elevator to some random that's on the elevator. It's between me and you, though. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm going to I'm going to see uh, I'm going to see Shaniqua over in uh, in uh, Beverly Hills. Just do, but don't keep it up between us, okay? Uh, tell Mary I'm at the gym. <laughs> I don't know that that's true, guys. I don't know if he's fucking around no. with his wife. I don't really care too much. But um, either way, uh, the the whole the, just the takeaway, guys, is you can hate Jason as we do. Uh, he's certainly a loathsome person, but he does have his qualities that are at least uh, I don't I wouldn't say redeeming, but they're useful. Mm-hmm. No? Uh, I wouldn't want to get into an argument with him. I know that. Unless why? Because I was... he, be, why? Because he would throw everything at you? 
Yeah, he's good. He's a good arguer. Like he's unless, good. He's logical. You, he's like he is. And unless well, if you like I said, if you have the primitive the Cro-Magnon brain Ross does, then maybe yeah, stick to I don't know, beating up mailmen who don't give you your thing when you're expecting it or mm-hmm. don't deliver things personally and yeah, have you signed for it. Um I think uh with Jason the on the other hand, I think but unlike let's say someone like Stuttering John, I like I think agree with you. I think he does have a s- sense of honor in himself that if it's something that he knows is really detrimental, he will not betray that. Like he, he mm-hmm. might tell his wife, but most he'll keep it to himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are other people, I don't think there's any any real filter. No, Mm-mm. no. The other thing is, information is no good if you spill it to everybody. Uh, if you you got to maintain some amount of secrecy, otherwise you have uh, you have a weapon that's unloaded. That's true too, and he just yeah. keeps it in his pocket till he needs it. Oh yeah. And, mm-hmm. and get, don't think Gary doesn't know. <laughs> he can just unload <laughs> on him if he wants. So anyway, thank you, my dear, for pushing this one forward I, I uh, and, and sticking with me through the ride. I'm sorry this one went a little long. Guys, we hope you guys have enjoyed it. Um, thank you for your Patreons, uh, your, your, your Patreon subs. And we hope you've enjoyed everything we put out so far and what we will continue to put out in the future. So thank you, my dear. Thank you. Bye. Take care, guys. Hey, you know what? That picture of Diana DeGarmo and you was good. You can't see the rifle someone has on her. <laughs> yeah, whatever. They're out of the frame, huh? <laughs> good framing. <laughs> All right, Eric. Uh, we'll let the record note that you, in fact, are not stalking Diana DeGarmo. We got it.